don't know. Like, I, whenever I copy and paste things that are from a website, it gives me like ads. I'm like, I'm not trying to copy the ads, man. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? You can do a thing on Word where when you, instead of doing control V, you can go to, when you go to paste, you can select, see how it says paste options. You can select. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can do that in this though. Let me see. Oh, I have to go through here. That's why. Keep I text That's why I don't do it because it has an extra step. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know in, you knew about Word, it. In Word, it does that. I've done that. But in yeah. this, I have to. I have to click the arrow. Oh, that's some fucking, fuck that. Fuck not that. doing that. I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucking should have should have known. My bad. <laughs> Lisa Muscovitz appeared to be having a panic attack. It was March of 2016, and Louisa, a 33-year-old with a history of tragedy, was having a regular weekly session with her psychotherapist in Tacoma, Washington. Louisa had recently separated from her husband, Stephen, and when her counselor asked about her marriage, she said she wasn't ready to talk about it. The counselor kept pressing, and again, Louisa demurred. Eventually, the conversation grew tense, and Louisa started to hyperventilate. The counselor rushed down to the hall to get Louisa's other therapist, Amy Harp. Together, they moved, to, they moved Louisa to Harp's office, where they felt they could better calm her. But once Louisa was there, Harp recalls, her demeanor transformed. Normally, she was friendly and open, and now she started screaming and pulling out clumps of her hair. She growled and glared, her head flailed from side to side, cocking back at odd angles. In jumbled bursts, she muttered about good and of evil, of God and the devil. She told the counselors that no one there could save Louisa. Welcome again to the DJBP, also known as Amongst others and the rest of the podcast community, the world, our friends and family, our pets, and our guardian angels. Guardian angels. What's it also called, Joe? The Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast. Basement with a B. I'm Joe. And I'm Dylan. We're your hosts today. For those of you who don't, uh, you're, you're new to the podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, this is a podcast where we usually talk about things uh, like paranormal, uh, vampires, uh, aliens, aliens, strange occurrences. Um, we have done dogs. We have done mis- DB Cooper. DB Cooper. One of our earlier ones. Yep. Mysteries. Um, we Madame have de Voyage. Madame de Voyage. Uh, monoliths. Two times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of. One time, then like a half a time. And there we are. And uh, all Just things... generally unexplained and interesting, I think. Generally the things that are left to be known in this world that are less understood, and we're trying to help you understand them, if you can understand that sentence. Yeah. So. And we're trying to understand ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to understand those things ourselves, too. Yeah. yeah. And this we're week's topic has brought us to 
Um, something we obviously have touched upon multiple times in yes. multiple episodes. Uh, That's right. It's the beginning of the Halloween season. We got you earlier with the vampires, but it's officially Halloween time where you have four episodes in a row to take you straight through to the uh, unholiest of holidays, All Hallows' Eve. All Souls' Day or whatever else we call it. Oh, yeah. Halloween. It's only October 7th, and we've got three more of these bad boys to oh, send out for you guys before we wrap up. Blast all over your ears and your eyes if you're watching online. And your face. All over you. All over it. And there's going to be dripping content all over your neck and in your chest. You might need to clean it up, but you don't have to. And that's what we're here to tell you. you yeah. Be yourself. Listen up. Soak in what you want to and uh, let go of what you don't. As we dive into our spookiest of seasons, what are we talking about today for our first spooky episode here, Dylan? Today, our first spookiest episode, we're talking about demonic possessions and spiritual possessions and exorcisms. We haven't decided what to call it yet, but all of that. Death to depart from the servant of God. It's the power. It's the power of Christ. Taken over by an outside spirit, <clears throat> losing Which is, control of the uh, most sacred temple of your own body. Yeah, yeah, and mind, and mind, but mostly body. Um, the mind thing gets like it's like a surrogate sort of situation. It's not so that they lose their mind; it's still there. It comes back, leaves, like comes a back. Backseat driver kind of deal, where you're, yeah. you're losing control of the vehicle, but you're still there. Yeah, kind of deal. Or part of you is still there. Yep. And part of you is being swallowed up by these uh, yep. these entities from beyond, oppressed or completely taken over by these things. Which brought us to uh, to uh, our friend Louisa. That's Louisa. And we said Seattle. She's in Seattle, Washington. Tacoma, I believe. Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on in Tacoma. I, mean, I got a friend who's a cop there, and he's like, Washington is going not down. just Seattle. Yeah. Se- uh, for what I understand, Seattle is the least Washington part of Washington State. The rest of the state is like uh, Bigfoots and countryside and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, serial killers and, uh, you know, just a beautiful American landscape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Old growth forest, you know, they didn't cut down during the initial uh, wave of. Mm-hmm. Colonists that took this nation over, but uh, but we're gonna get into it today. We're gonna start the way we always start, which is going into the past and bringing up Egypt, which is how we start every subject, no matter what it is. Dogs, you name it, Egypt. <laughs> <coughs> it's right. Nikola in- Tesla, Egypt. <laughs> Tesla, obviously, he got his ideas from Egypt. Egypt. It all starts in Egypt. Oh yeah, I'm gonna yeah. mean to do it. Space but- Egypt. <laughs> Space colonization. Yeah, Egypt. Egypt. Obviously, always Egypt. So, Joe. D.B. Cooper, Egypt. D.G. Cooper. Antarctica, yeah. Egypt. Egypt, yeah. Works every time. Yeah. I, I've yet to find one reason why we shouldn't go to Egypt. Uh, Alistair Crowley, Egypt. Egypt. It doesn't matter what. It's Any Egypt. topic. We have yet to come up with one that doesn't come up with Egypt first. Uh, so, yeah. Basically, this idea of spiritual possession, being possessed by an entity or a spirit outside of yourself, it enters into your body and controls you. There's varying degrees of it, which we'll go over depending on what happens to each person. But basically every major culture in the world has their own version of this, their own uh, idea of being taken over by another spirit. 
that's not all necessarily evil and harmful to you. Sometimes it can enlighten you and make you learn things and make you see things mm. transcend to the other side, uh, being possessed or filled up by the spirit. Um, but it comes from all over the world. And uh, th- th- like I said before, different cultures have the different versions of it. There's uh, in gaining enlightenment in Buddhism. You're not possessed by a spirit of a, of a dead person, but you're possessed by the spirit, the spirit of enlightenment of the Buddha itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have things like Native American culture where a lot of tribes believe in spirit animals or going mm-hmm. on a spirit quest where you actually leave your body and the spirit comes into you and shows you things that you cannot learn in your through ayahuasca form. or through something else yeah we gotta do drugs <laughs> but yeah after that <laughs> you don't eat it all and you wander off in the forest and then yeah. the spirits come into but you but we're not making fun you. of that we do we are no it's cool we're so. very pro ayahuasca oh, yeah. podcast um we believe in that of course yeah, yeah. i mean whatever gets you there <laughs> yeah. and that's for everything <laughs> however you can get it's a really good to enjoy a podcast whatever gets you there yeah, that's, I mean, that's our <laughs> even in uh, uh, major popular religions like uh, Islam, Christianity, <clears throat> Judaism, they believe in this idea. Uh, you know, oceanic cultures, so like people in the Atlantis. native of the Philippines, Atlantis. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, yeah, sorry. sorry. I was thinking of uh, <laughs> real ocean culture. But real ocean culture. That's okay. Fine. Philippines will work for now. That's fine. <laughs> Indonesia. <laughs> the real ocean. Yeah, and then even uh, modern Wicca, which is one of the uh, well, yeah. the religion's been around for a while, but in the modern form of it, they still believe that you can be p- possessed by a spirit, even if it comes from being a psychic medium and channeling these spirits to speak mm-hmm. from within your body. That's possession, and not the way that we think of like the the more evil insidious version but more of a version where you're becoming a conduit through these spirits to possess mm-hmm. you and speak through you which yep. is still a type of possession it is it's not all uh, one block it's a, it's a varying swath of, of possession I must have read the email wrong because I went straight to just satanic possessions oh and... that's going to be the majority <laughs> I'm pretty much done talking about that yeah I didn't know if you want to talk about like <laughs> Very enlightening possessions at the moment. Yeah, I, I just thought I'd bring up. I was thinking that the whole time. I went for just sure. straight to the Yeah, bottom. demonic possession. Yeah, I mean, that will be the brunt of the podcast. I just thought it would be interesting to bring up that this isn't just... In, Honestly? Possession isn't always this evil thing. No, no, what's scarier? Meeting someone at a bar who's like, I am possessed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please Ooh. come out to my car and buy my book. What's worse? I don't know. It's pretty much a toss-up at that point. scary. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is a lot, probably a lot less likely to want to take you home with them. They kind of just do their own thing uh, out true. in the woods. Yeah, becoming the catalyst. Yep, as, they, as all our reigns would say. Yeah, yeah, good band. But yeah, we can we can dive right into that to on over to the uh, the more intense type of possession, which is the possession you think about on uh, times of the year like Halloween, the spookier season, um, and that possession comes from what we already said, which is demons, evil spirits um, that come from uh, beyond the pale and in a different dimension uh, other than our own, but. Uh, Different cultures kind of have different ideas of what demons are. Obviously, we have our the culture we grew up in is primarily a, a Christian mm-hmm. uh, kind of Western European kind of culture to it. But uh, but a lot of different religions have different ideas of demons. Like the Egyptians, for example, they kind of thought them as uh, like uh, guardians and wanderers. They weren't necessarily good or evil. They were like these uh, guardians of the desert. When you come upon them, they'd have the classic demon thing. You have different parts of your body that are animal stuff it's the classic way of Makes thinking sense. of a demon yeah. they, have, they have like a face of a ram and mm-hmm. they'd have like the arms of snakes and they'd be like hey there's an oasis over there it's got some water for you and you don't pray to them like you pray to a god but they're like these spirits that are, can like god guide you through yeah, yeah. kind of more of like a you know a benevolent force it's not yeah. human it's not really an animal it's like somewhere in between that can kind of yeah. help you out there mm-hmm. uh, as far as that goes 
and uh, Mesopotamia, so it's the same kind of area there. They thought of demons as uh, like gods, kind of like uh, you know Zeus and Hades. Like the demons are just the other gods that do things that aren't so helpful to you. Um, or maybe they are helpful. I mean, a lot of the, the Greek gods weren't very helpful either. Like Poseidon could help your boat or could create a giant storm and kill you alive. Yeah. And one of the Mesopotamian gods we'll definitely bring up later because he's famous for being uh, a part of a, one of the most famous possessions ever. And uh, yeah, just to run through it, Hinduism and uh, Zoroastrianism, they're more of like uh, these, these half-gods, brothers to gods. And Zoroastrianism is the first concept of demons as we would see it now. So that's an ancient Middle Eastern religion. And Christianity takes a lot of its ideas of demons from that because not only are they completely evil and they're only out to make you do bad things and hurt people, they actually would name their demons after other religions' gods, which we'll see in nice. Christianity nice. as it grows. They kind of take that Makes thing from sense. it. Where not only are they uh, these evil spirits that can like scare you against the world, they're all the gods of the other religions. So not only are your religion wrong, your religion is demons and you're a demon worshiper. And that's a good way to kind of alienate your tribe from other people and say that strengthen your mm -hmm. own religion there. And that brings us to, uh, to Christianity, which is the, uh, the, the most famous one in, in our culture, which is uh, the demons that are come from hell or from the other side of the world that actually try to cause you to sin or do evil things upon uh, yeah they're seeking the uh vulnerabilities in the living yeah uh somehow to get in and to uh to wreak havoc and they yeah there there's a couple different places where they stem from obviously you find it in the bible but mm -hmm. fallen angels big part of it <clears throat> those are the heavy hitters right it's uh yeah the, the fallen angels are like the first demons like at some time in the bible they say like there was never demons there was just angels and god and their their God's favorite angel, the light the light bearer, Lucifer, decided that he is too proud to be God's servant. He thought he should be able to make his own decisions. And a lot of the other angels thought that was pretty cool, and they could get they could get down with that idea. But unfortunately, the God of the Bible, which people forget is the God in the Bible, uh, he's pretty jealous. He didn't like that shit, so he goes, not a fan. "That's not cool. We're gonna fucking kill you." Mm -hmm. And uh, they cast them down in, into hell, and that's how they lost the fight against uh, God and uh, Saint Michael the Archangel. All those guys cast them down. So a lot of those angels, yeah, they, they went back, <laughs> they went down <laughs> to earth, and uh, now they are uh, fighting between God and us for the souls of humankind. Yeah, and another another thing could be you know like if you uh, aren't a Christian or a Catholic um, mm -hmm. and uh, you die, your soul stays near your body and is always longing for something else and therefore sure. those those souls are uh on the prowl looking for again another another way in yeah type of thing it's a real definitely a, a little bit of a scare tactic for sure yeah and i thought it was interesting like the uh, um then the bible doesn't say a whole lot about demons it, it, it has yeah, the thing about the fallen yeah. angels and things like that but a lot of the the stories about demons and tales of what happens in hell or how they come from the other side are written in books hundreds and hundreds of years after that even into the really the renaissance yeah. period a lot of the stories of things like dante's inferno yeah uh, they, they were written in the you know the teens of hundreds which is so much longer after the initial uh, bible was written but they kind of are taken as gospel kind of pun intended and i thought it was interesting to see that there is seven main princes of hell which including the one that actually fell down from uh from heaven itself and uh, some of these guys or gals that are demons are the ones that are 
claim to be responsible for a lot of the possessions on earth today. People who are possessed will, will uh, claim that they speak for, that they in fact are possessed by one of these seven. And each of the seven, nice literary way, they each stand for one of the seven uh, sins. Seven deadly sins. Of mm-hmm. course, Lucifer being pride, he thought he was better than God. Yep. We have uh, Beelzebub for envy. Beelzebub was actually another a god from another religion, Baal. They changed it to Beelzebub because like, oh, fuck that religion. They changed it from Baal to Balls? To Beelzebub. Beelzebub? Yeah. Okay. And all these are kind of like a uh, sense. Uh, like a synonym for Satan. I've heard it used as like Beelzebub, they call that Satan, but really it's like they're all supposed to be different. Isn't that funny? Like, do they say like, oh, we're going to call him Beelzebub? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of funny. Isn't that's it? like Beelzeboy or Beetleborg or something. Yeah, like that. right? Like, that's why it seems scary. It doesn't. It's like, oh, hey, Beelzebub's coming to get you. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, here we go. You know? Um, Not as scary as like Lucifer. Yeah, me. yeah. Lucifer generally just has a, a nice ring to it that makes it actually a little bit scary. Yeah, yeah. Same, Be- same thing. Um, Beelzebub was there for envy. Satanus, which is also pronounced Satan in other language, so Satan being separate from Lucifer in that mm-hmm. version of the story. That's wrath. Abaddon, sloth. Mammon is for greed, and that's actually a word that comes Mammary. from... Mammary. Exactly right. It comes from breast cancer, and that's why we have cancer. It's because of mammon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's because they used to have a word for that in like ancient Hebrew, and that meant like... The riches that you're trying to obtain, like just in order boobs. to be rich, <laughs> just getting what you want. No, that just one's coming. Putting boobs in your mouth like that is bad, and we're gonna name a sin after. The, we're gonna make, name a cardinal or whatever they're called, cardinal sins. Yeah, cardinal. Oh, no, seven deadly sins. We're cardinal sins. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna name one of those after someone Don't lusting for tits. <laughs> exactly. That's bad. You see boobs, you should not see boobs. No. Look that, up. Those are not good. Look up yeah, all the way up to God. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so every time you see a set of boobs you like, just. Look up just pray God. about it. Pray, just pray. Start <laughs> praying. Close your eyes and start praying immediately. Yeah, dear God, I just can't stop staring. I'm sorry at these boobs. about the boobs. They're unbelievable and amazing, and I shouldn't be looking. I'm sorry that I looked Amen. at those things that you <laughs> yeah, built sorry. us to love so much. Yes, my bad. Uh, no, but it was the word for like, uh, like when uh, Jeff Bezos like uh, cuts his workers' health care so he can make an extra ten billion dollars. That, that's mammon. That like extra mm. greed for the sake of being greed. Um, and uh, Belphegor, which is a great uh, black metal band, that's for gluttony. Nice. He would make deals with people to try to make them uh, get whatever they want. And then uh, Asmodeus, which is the the demon Stuff of lust. Stuff you take when you have diarrhea. Exactly right. Asmodeus <laughs> AD. PM. Anno Domini. Yeah. The PM version. So yeah, those are the seven uh, heavy hit. Yeah, yeah, Amodium yep. AD, right? Or there's Amodium PM too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are like the heavy hitters. Where a lot of times, like when people like have tales of people being possessed, they say like, "Oh, this this person was possessed by Belphegor, or like is possessed by Lucifer is inside mm. them, or whatever." Yeah. And I was like, "That's pretty interesting that they actually would like categorize them by that book that was written 400 years ago and be like, yeah, this one's Asmodeus, obviously, because he keeps jacking off. He yeah. usually do that. He's usually a good boy, but he's <laughs> yeah, possessed. But we saw him do this. He's possessed. He's Possessed by that, uh, by that specific force he, of evil. He would never do that unless he was a Amodium AD. That's obviously not his fault. And then he spent his whole entire life in shame. Um, in shame and in shame. Like in the show Salem, uh, he's something the fornicator because I think he got caught jerking off. Oh. And he was labeled out in the town with like a branded F on his forehead. Like, God damn. He it. was the fornicator. And everyone's like, he's the fornicator. You couldn't get it with anything back then. Back then, you're fucked. Anything you did. Yeah, you just get caught jerking off one time in your own house. The lights off. Yeah. 
<laughs> so unfair. You're ruined forever. The whole town has branded Jeez. you for life. You're chained you to a move. pole in the front of the town. That, you know, <laughs> That's just who you are. Everyone sees you and goes, huh? Yeah, meanwhile, everyone in the town's doing the exact same thing. They yeah. just didn't get caught yet. Yeah, Fucking so hypocrites, man. Yeah. Or they think it's a sin to touch their own self. They're like, I would never do that. Yeah. Now, not only are you under the okay. watchful eye of everyone in your town, you're also under the watchful eye of God every second of every day. Everything you think he sees. So it's like living in a... Um, like a sniper rifle scope your whole life. Just at any moment, you could be crucified for what you've done. It's tough. It's wrong. And... Uh, and I think that that's kind of fucked up, and people shouldn't have to live that way because that's the, like, the natural order of um, of the way we're built. I don't think, but uh, we'll, well, we'll, we don't we'll get know. into yeah, it. Yeah, we're getting into that for sure. Yeah. So I mean, unless so, you unless you want to talk any more about no, uh, just, individual demons and stuff, uh, we can get into no, no, no. I just, so, I just want yeah. to say that the the common theme here so far that you've said is that this possession thing is tied to religion mostly absolutely yeah i, I think almost uh, definitely there's very few examples uh, as we talk about our examples today we'll see there's very few examples of anybody being possessed that has no knowledge of religion and not only that isn't very religious yes a lot of these people yes. not only they're have full knowledge of religion they're actually dedicated to it in yeah. a certain way so we can see whether as we go through it we can make an opinion of whether or not that that's actually a fault, like it makes you a target. Like the more mm-hmm. religious you are, the more these demons want to hunt you down. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps that you would never think these things unless you were religious. So yeah. the very fact of knowing these things makes you believe you are this way. Yeah, we'll get that to the end, but that's, we'll that, that's just it's a, a little teaser. You know, yeah, exactly. And then some of the strongest cultures. So one of the things that I read, you mentioned it, but mm-hmm. one of the one of the culture religion groups. I'm really not even sure what to call them besides just being highly spiritual folks. Sure. Are the Native Americans and they oh, yeah. they actually have the least reported amount of like spiritual possessions mm. because they're rock solid and they believe mostly in rocks and like obviously <laughs> well and, and nature and things around them and things yeah. they can see with their own eyes like the stars and the planet, you know, and, yeah. and then like the horse god is the bunch of stars that are shaped like horse, you know, like Sure. Um so, but they're because they're a little more rational because they're set not in necessarily civilization and society mm. in the same way that oh, the rest of much. them are. They are. Yeah. They have their own, obviously, but not. Yeah. They're more nature based. So they have less of this, like, one person's spin their head around, you know. It's just, right. Well, they're not as much in fear of the spiritual world as they are among it. Bingo. That's a lot of summarized so you know, well. Catholicism, for example, is like, we just, are not worthy of the spiritual world. So other spirits yeah. are terrifying and they're yeah. here to kill you. But in a lot of Native American cultures, we live among them. Yeah. They're like your brothers and sisters, like your ancestors are among you. It's, it's a good thing. It's not that like anything that could possess you is going to make you uh, become a fornicator. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I remember when we first started going to uh, confession at church, first oh, thing yeah. on your mind in fifth or sixth grade that you're going to tell the priest. Left me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been six months and four days since my last confession. Uh, yep. And, uh, and all you can think about is the worst thing that you have done as a sixth grade boy. Time and tell... Priest. Tell the priest that you have jerked off. And you say you're sorry and you feel terrible about it. Mm-hmm. And this was a big mistake. And they go, all right, well, you need to say 10 Hail Marys and 14 All Fathers because you're really bad. Really bad. Go, Jesus. Don't do it again, ever. Don't ever do this again. God and forgives you, but. So, to your point of this is uh, the type of place that makes you not worthy, feel bad, mm-hmm. and be punished for everything, yes. it would be Catholicism. It takes number one slot on the whole religion scale of yeah. you need to fear this. Absolutely. And uh, we might find that there goes a one on one, the two handed punch of it there being you should fear it 
and they feel like they're uh, they're the Ghostbusters, as it were. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you should be afraid of the ghosts, but don't worry, we're the Ghostbusters. Yes. So yep. We'll bust it, and bust it makes me feel good, which is part mm-hmm. of the Ghostbusters song. Hit the sting, and <laughs> that makes me feel good too. I can't wait to get into our uh, stories of individual demonic possessions, and with alongside with possession, as you brought up Catholicism, comes if you get it in there, you got to get it out, and that comes from exorcism, which is the Catholic rite of ridding demons from someone's body and saving them in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. We need a quick uh, commercial break. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get a break in before we get into our demonic possessions. So we thought we'd get into the experiences of people who were possessed by a demon and actually had to be exercised by a priest. So not only were they possessed in a way that it was detrimental to their life, they had to take on the, uh, they had to call on the big dogs, the exterminators, the ghostbusters, as it were, SEAL Team 6 of getting demons out. And that means that almost all of these and all the major ones we're going to talk about are done by a Catholic priest, which seems to be their uh their bread and butter is that no matter when people are possessed they got to call on a catholic priest they got the rituals they got the pedigree mm-hmm. and for whatever it's it's real or not real they have the the system and like the training that makes it possible to yeah you get a tool bag and stuff like yeah, you get yeah. the whole you get certified caboodle <laughs> yeah. of being an extra a genuinely certified yeah just like a certified forklift operator exactly except certified for exorcisms you get an actual badge yeah I don't and you have to be you, sanctioned I don't think you get a badge but you get a, you get a whole you thing. gotta think of a bag and, yeah and probably like a, a toolkit holy water crucifix yeah. all the shit and, um, you need. and the the uh, rosary the, the towel they wear over their necks um you get a certain uh, color yeah um, yeah it's I, purple I believe. Right there, stole. It's called a stole. Sorry, it's a purple that stole. It's the, but yeah, it's also the it also right. does, it has to be purple. Or it violet. does serve a double function, just like a um, uh, a pair of socks. You can you can you can use a sock to uh, strangle somebody, or you right. can wear it on your foot. Right. Two purposes here. Mm-hmm. The purple stole can be used uh, if you are designed to do an exorcism or just do confession. Exactly. Yeah. And it also so it makes a times. nice scarf if it's chilly out. You can. Yeah. throw it around your neck and it protects you from vampires they can't suck your blood because uh, they hate the color you that's where it originated purple i don't think so but it's multi-use like you said like yeah so. yeah a lot of purposes there of so. course so yeah it goes far uh, far back enough that when these actual sanctioned exorcisms happen and as much as i i thought going into this like oh yeah the catholic church like they love doing this shit it's their like it's their bread and butter if you're a hammer Everything you see is a nail. They're going to want to be exercising demons left and right. It's, it's great. But really, it takes a lot for them. I don't know if it happened all way thousands of years ago, but it, they, they will not do an exorcism. It has to be an extreme situation, yeah. and they, they need approval from a bishop, and it yeah. goes all the way up the chain to yeah. the Vatican if you're going to want to do one of these exorcisms. Yeah. And there's only a handful of these forklift operators that are certified, mm-hmm. certified. worldwide. Yep. So one of our earliest ones that ever uh, happened that we can see is in 1578, a poor young lady by the name of Marsha... It looks like Brossier, but I bet it's something like Boissier. Wait a minute. People were actually named Marsha that long ago? Martha. 
Martha. Oh, yeah. I think you said Marsha. Uh, I was yeah, like, no, sorry, yeah. Marsha wasn't invented till at least <laughs> 1950. Until the Brady Bunch, there was no yeah, Marsha. There was no Marshas around, so that's why well, yeah. I was gonna say that story is not true. Um, but it's Martha. Okay, <laughs> Mar- Martha. Okay, back yeah. to the back to the topic. <laughs> In 1578, Martha was a young woman who was made infamous uh, for her feigned dun- demonic possession exorcism proceedings. So that this was the earliest example we have an exorcism, and actually, it was proven to be false. And it wasn't until 1619 to Mademoiselle Elizabeth de Orphan where she was given potions by the, the local alchemist and it did not solve her exorcism. They had to pull in, as we said, the big dogs, which mm-hmm. is the Catholic priest to come in and exorcise the demon out of her. They couldn't cure her with the potions. They couldn't cure her with whatever else, the bleaches, I'm guessing, something mm-hmm. like that. Something. Uh, but the exorcism of the demons did come out. And it's happened... Thousands and thousands of times that this is over a hundred thousand uh, recorded exorcisms in the mm-hmm. history of the Catholic Church, and it comes all the way back from those times and beforehand. There's examples of people exorcising demons even in like uh, ancient times of you know old holy men taking the, the evil spirits out of you and making you able to walk again, or you know healing the blind, yeah, yeah, removing the curse from them. But that'll bring us to uh, the more modern times of exorcism, just to show to you. It's not just the superstition of people who don't know what light bulbs are. This is in the modern era, and some of these cases we even have audio recordings of the exorcism themselves, yeah. uh, which brings us to uh, to well. Roland Doe. Roland Doe, who is one of the most famous exorcism cases in the history of the world. Not just because of how it went down, but because of a book that was written about him in a subsequent movie that we will talk about. And later. because he's a boy. And he's a boy. Not common. No, now the devil, uh, the devil is by, but uh, he definitely has a preference. <laughs> definitely likes the women more. Oh yeah, guaranteed. So, uh, and I was sure. uh, until Joe corrected me because uh, I can't, I can't read. It's something that I've struggled with my whole life. Can't, it makes the podcast hard for can't both fucking of us, read. But, um, but we do get it done. Uh, I was gonna say with a name like Roland Doe. Not sure what you thought was coming for you besides getting possessed by a demon. <laughs> I mean, um, come on. Turns out. <laughs> There's a there's a secret about this name Roland Doe, and that it's a uh, what's called a pseudonym, mm-hmm. which for those of you who don't know, uh, means uh, a fake name. Yeah, much like John and Jane Doe, which were his mother and father yes. in the story. Not sure how you go from John and Jane to Roland, but mm-hmm. we did. So he's also referred to as uh, as Bobby or Robbie Mannheim, also a pseudonym. Still not his name. I don't know why they decided to make it more realistic. Maybe it's just to make the story sound like it's more. Tied down. Bobby Manheim. 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 Another bad last name. I don't know. Name like that, you know what's coming for you. You know what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why they wanted to keep it. Though he had he had it coming. Make it believable. Oh, Bobby Uh, Manheim. Oh, Bobby Manheim. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, we don't have his actual name because they wanted to keep him anonymous because he's a child and uh, he did uh, go uh, go on to uh, kind of all kinds of shit we don't know about because. We don't know what happened to him. He's, an, he's anonymous. There's only legends and tales. I don't want to spoil the think, story, though. Let's get into it. I think it. Roland... We'll get to Roland, but we'll, you share your part of Roland. Uh, and I'll, I'll fill in if I need sure. to. Sure. Right? So, yeah. So, Roland was born uh, to an, a couple of German immigrants that were Lutheran. So, that's a, a sect of Christianity that came from the uh, the Great Schism where that uh, chubby Martin Luther guy put a list on and said... Now, Catholic isn't the only way to go. That started a million other religions that are what mm-hmm. you'd know as Baptist, Protestant, all that. So that was his religion. 
and he was reaching his uh, preteen years, a tough time in the life of any young man or young lady, mm-hmm. and a uh, time that many kids will rebel against their parents, and they go through all these weird emotions and feelings they're not used to. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, even without possession, they'll say, I don't know what happened to my son. Like, overnight, he's a completely different person. I found all these magazines under his bed. He never used to be like that last year. He would year. never do that. Of course, something's come over him. And women even, with no shirts on. And he, <laughs> Roland. Their shirts aren't even on in the pictures. <laughs> What's happened? What has happened to him? They're topless. My baby. My baby Roly. <laughs> My little Roly Polioli. <laughs> As they always said. They always, they always say Roly Polioli's looking at... I'm going to bring his uncle in here because we know he knows what's going on with this yeah. and see how we can help him because well, he needs well, to be safe. <laughs> we'll have Uncle uh, Uncle Ronnie show you how, how it works there, yeah. buddy. Yeah, how to stop looking at the uh, the ladies yeah. and ways with eyes. And eyes are not fit for Christ. Not fit for Christ. Exactly. Got to leave room for Broly, Jesus. Holy, holy, yep. And so this guy, this kid was having a bad time and it, it, obviously they, they wanted to bring him to... Um, counselors to try to mitigate his behavior but his behavior got more and more sporadic and he was he started lashing out and and violent acts and acting just like completely crazy beyond just a normal rebellion he's starting to lash out at his parents and they're thinking uh we're gonna need a little bit of extra help here as far as that goes um which they i really take him to an out professional psychiatrist when that happens well i just had to tell you a little bit of possibly why he was like this Uh uh-huh so his parents didn't sound very cool, and no. um, and he was an only child. Yes, he's much an only like child. yourself. I forgot to yep. say that. Yeah, <laughs> he had to, he uh, his only friend was his aunt, right? Yes, and he it was a spiritualist. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she showed him how to. He got real close to her, and and she showed him how to use a Ouija board. And then she it's come up before in the podcast. She died, and just to get back to our theme, mm-hmm. Roland and his parents both reported strange phenomena in their house, mm-hmm. such like scratching noises coming from his mattress. Mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> interesting! <laughs> Objects just moving around the house, furniture moving on their own. The bed keeps uh, creaking on its own over and over, <laughs> over again. Over and over again. There's only the holes showing up in it. What the hell? Um, Socks are disappearing left and right. <laughs> Socks are disappearing <laughs> left and right. Blame it on the dryer. Uh, so there's some bedroom. Acoustic. Oh, we, as we didn't uh, mention already, it's just 1950s in America, in Maryland. It's yeah, it's yeah. It, it started so in 1949, according okay, to yeah, so the Atlantic. We're like but, after the end of World War II here, so it, it, there's people have televisions at this point. Yeah, and and he's yeah, he's he's got some time to do, mm-hmm. but his. Um, not a lot of friends. His Not only friend friends. has died. His, his auntie friend who taught him how to use the Ouija board. And, uh, yeah. Things start getting strange. Yeah, now he's uh, really into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Very strange. <laughs> That's where he really likes to spend his time. Yeah, he just, so. something's happened. <laughs> You're not sure what's happened to him. Door's always shut. He won't communicate with us anymore. I don't know why. Exactly. He so. won't even come out to eat dinner. He's so focused on whatever's going on. Yeah. So, so they do bring him to, I think, to a psychiatrist and try to figure out what's going on with them. Uh, they can't diagnose him with anything concrete. It's just like he's like, you know, it's a, he's a growing, he's a growing boy, he's rebelling against whatever. Mm-hmm. So they bring him to a Lutheran priest. Them being Lutheran uh, parish goers themselves, and this priest is not only a priest, but he also has a degree in parapsychology. Now, for the folks listening to the podcast a lot, you realize that when you put the the, the prefix para in there. 
it kind of usually snuck in to sound like it's part of a larger word. Now, now uh, having a degree in psychology, a little bit different than having a degree in parapsychology, because psychology is a medical practice that has to do with the mental health of people involved. Parapsychology, immediately it's about if there's ghosts in your blood. <laughs> yes, paratroopers. <laughs> it's psychology in the sky. No, it, no, it, no. Just, it's like uh, it's like paranormal investigation. It's uh, it's having the idea of I'm an expert in this thing that's uh, spiritualism yeah. or or Ouija moving boards. candles with your eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I'm not a professional psychologist. I'm a professional parapsychologist, meaning I can find out if there's spirits in your in your mind or not. So there might be a little bit of a bias towards that. Again, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And he convinces the parents because he's an expert in parapsychology. And the priest that uh, takes care of their parish, he says, "Let me let the kid spend the night at my place, and I'll study him, and we'll see they how said, that goes." Did they say yes? And they said, well, "I thought you'd never ask." Yes, absolutely. Take yeah. our young boy to your house for a as, sleepover as long as you need. No him. problem. You get you get it all sorted out. Is this when the priest uh, got to know the real Roland? The priest finds that everything the parents are saying is in fact true. There's objects moving around in the night and unexplained noises and things are happening. In that Roland is an absolute expert of the bedroom. He knows mattresses quite well. <laughs> Please go ahead, go ahead, take it away. Yes, um, uh, spending a lot of time on his bed as a, as a, a teenager, uh, Roland's quite familiar with how a mattress works mm-hmm. and he was, uh, I don't know how mattresses were made in the 50s, but I'm pretty sure I slept on one my whole entire life from 1955. <laughs> so I do know that they're quite packed with springs they are. on they're the loud. inside. Yeah. And they're, yeah, like I'm dead serious. Like the mattresses in my grandma's house were the same that they were in the 40s. So, um, but they're still wrapped in fabric. They're still like they wrapped are. in cotton and actually feathers and yeah. shit, you know? Just but, so you can't see all the, the metal workings in within it. Yeah, you yeah. Know. You're not going to, it's like the bottom side definitely is not exposed, like whatever. But anyway, so so Roland um, decided to uh, really show uh, the priest who's boss and um, snapped off a bed spring. Oh, that's not, that hasn't happened yet. That's during his exorcism. Oh, sorry. Moving on. Okay, we'll get there in a second. But so, that, that's a good teaser for what's going to happen during the yeah, exorcism. Yeah. This is just that Lutheran priest deciding that this kid is, has actually become possessed. He's convinced. It's not just his mentality because objects are moving in the house. This priest mm-hmm. writes down all these things that have happened to him. And he, he suggests to the parents that he cannot help this child. This, this child is possessed by a demon and has supernatural abilities, moving objects around. And you know what he suggests? We already said it before. He goes, call a Catholic priest. The Lutheran priest just ain't going to cut it when it comes to possession. Nope. And it isn't until those Catholic priests show up that is where Dylan's story comes in because they decide to perform an exorcism on this kid and it doesn't go according to plan. Yeah, and it sounds like they didn't show up. They moved Roland oh, to Georgetown moved University Hospital, right. which is a Jesuit institution in D.C. And that is when Roland saw a familiar object, the mattress, yes. and then said, I can use this to hurt somebody mm-hmm. or make love. Either one, yeah, and he chose to hurt <laughs> the somebody. two sides of the coin. <laughs> he chose to hurt somebody, and he snapped off um, uh, a bed spring from under the mattress and used it to slash the priest's arm. He slashed the priest's arm, and uh, they they uh, took a good time out on the, on the exorcism at that point because an exorcism, much like a football game, if someone gets injured, you got to call timeout, make sure everyone's yep. okay. So the exorcism did not 
get completed that day when the guy's arm got cut open. But all that did was fortify the beliefs these priests had. This, we got a demon on our hands here. This kid is attacking a priest. Yep. He's he's thrashing around. The bed's shaking. He's jumping around. He's screaming. And uh, it just confirms that this kid is possessed, and we need to try twice as hard next time. And maybe we'll wear long sleeves. Yeah. Good move. Just, move. just to watch out. So and Tie um, the kid's hands down. So where do you want to... So oh, the kid is tied down the whole time, by the way. One of his arms broke free. We should mention that, that in most exorcisms, they tie down the limbs of everyone involved so that they don't thrash around or lash out. Yeah, smart. Um, yeah. Hospitals know what to do. Yeah, or patients. Like, and exorcisms. Like patients. And, yeah, and, yeah, and exorcisms at the home as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, where do you want to go next? Because then the... Timeline-wise, parent they left their house, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they had to go back um, more than once to perform exorcisms. That's another thing we, we find from, like, uh, the cultural idea of exorcisms or from TV and movies. You figure that there's the one big boom. You're in, you're out. It's, it's a crazy event, and then you're done. But a lot of times when they have these exorcisms taking place, they do it multiple times, almost like it's like a therapy session. You have to do it over yes. and over and over again yeah. to finally get the demon out. Like a chiropractor. And the, yeah, like a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, I guess. And uh, they do it over and over again until the, and they do it really hard over and over again until he really just gives up and really submits to them. And when he does, the demon leaves him. And I, I guess the story goes, he went to live uh, a pretty normal life afterwards. And he became a, just a functional member of society, and he was chose never to talk about it again. And that's yeah. why we only know him as exactly Roland right. Doe and not as whatever his real name he is, which is uh, John be, Smith or whatever his name is. Yeah, it could be John Smith, could be Bartholomew, uh, Saint Jacob. Could be John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. For all we know, we don't his know. His name is my name, too, We're just for the record. We're just sharing the story. Yeah. Not, we weren't there, but... But yeah, this, the only this quote whole I have tale. from Roland, the only words I have on this whole entire thing that he ever said was, Roland told the priests, he's gone. He's gone. And then... Then he went then on he to be a successful biomedical engineer. And uh, Just kidding. No, he didn't. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they said he... George he, Bush. He had, he beca- <laughs> then he became the... Th- the 49th president or whatever. I don't know, 41st, something like that. 36. Not important. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he went on to do that, which I think is interesting that he went on just to live a normal life. And that's part of the reason why they keep his name anonymous is because people who didn't harass him his whole life saying, aren't you that kid who was possessed? You weirdo? Yeah, great start to uh, high school. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you think your high school is bad. How yeah. about you possessed kid? But that story went on to inspire a book that was written uh, called The Exorcist. And he changed the boy in the story to a girl named Reagan. And they went on to make a film about it that we'll probably mention later. But that, that yeah. inspired that story. Yeah, and Reagan... So Reagan was also inspired by another quick story we have here from 1921. There was a, a book that... This, that we're not, this is a little bit chronologically sort of... It's the same thing. What inspired that? As we do. 1921, German psychologist named Tragod Osterreich, which... I believe means Austria. Collected super German name. Super German. Yep. Collected. He. This dude just collected a bunch of eyewitness accounts for his book called Possession. Demonical. Possession. Demoniacal. Spelled a little differently. Oh, so like maniacal and demon, like demoniacal. Demoniacal. Yeah. Yeah. I can't read. Um, Interesting. And uh, yeah, it involves a young woman named Magdalena. That's with an e at the end, and in German you pronounce that uh. And eh. She is lives in, and we don't. We think that Magdalena is her real name. 
And Interesting. There, it kind of sounds like Mary Magdalene, though, which is the uh, the yeah. lady of the evening that Jesus befriended. Yeah, lady of the night. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and this is instead of sex worker. Instead of I'm in, sorry. Uh, you know, the Middle East. This is in Orlock, Germany. Classic place for or, for, for things like this. Oh boy. Um, and she was a peasant, and she was an industrious child. Uh, quote unquote, she was always threshing, hemp beating, and mowing. Um, from okay, well, I thought you said thrashing earlier. No, threshing, threshing, hemp beating, and she mowing. She was a farmer. Yeah, still she was sound, farming. Sounds a little wild, though. She's threshing, hemp beating, and mowing all the yeah, time. So she's cutting down weeds, dust. and she's yeah. mowing the lawn, and yep. she's picking weeds. It sounds way different than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I, I bet if you think deeply, folks, about maybe why she started so she started to see strange stuff all the time in the barn okay. where she tended cows oh okay all right There's some possible explanations that are uh, slowly growing around the edges of the farm that may have something to do with this mm-hmm. anyways but um she started to get tormented by voices and sensations and, oh boy uh and spontaneous outbursts of fire and all these things spontaneous bovine combustion yeah yeah and um so that summer, she started uh, complaining of a spirit that had flown upon her, pressed her down, and endeavored to throttle her. Oh boy, this yeah. is so flowery language for how yeah, violent things it are is. getting crazy. So um, she would fall victim to full blown possessions. Oh, I thought you were going to say AIDS. Thank God. <sighs> uh, we Whew. made it through that one. Um, God damn. And uh, she referred to this entity as a black one that would. Uh, oh, wait, what? The black. Oh my god! I didn't even think about that. All right. Well, well, nineteen twenties Germany. Okay, yeah, it said it. So the black one would descend and supplant her consciousness with its own, mm. and uh, and he was a masculine shape in a frock, as if issuing from a dark cloud. She could never clearly describe his face, although he was coming towards her. A contemporary observer wrote that she sees him in approach always from the left side. Oh, it's sinister. The left, left side. Left side. Like if you're lefty, they beat it out of you. Side um, of the devil. And it was a cold hand which seizes the back of her neck and enters into her. Oh my goodness. And uh, and she just started going wild and she eventually lost consciousness during these episodes. Her ego disappeared completely and uh, a fresh one came through, aka that bad black one. Um, and she speaks with her throat and her with the cerebral nerves and... Uh, mm. as if she was paralyzed but only only talk and this whole thing so so kind of like uh, when you see in the movie she's very like wah, 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 this 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 story about Magdalena yeah um, that guy took the actual descriptions of how she is in these episodes put that in his book that's interesting and then William Peter Blady but am I mistaken it kind of sounds like she's talking about the movie this is the end where there were Jonah Hill sleeping, and then a big black demon comes and bangs him in the bed, and then he becomes possessed afterwards. Is this sounds about like right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Just make sure I'm following. I this. didn't say that. It's very here, flowery but... language, but it's basically. He nails it sharp. This is no dream. This is really happening. Something um, not that chill happened last night. Um, yeah, so that's this was another that's inspiration on top shit. of Roland. 
yeah. uh, that went into The Exorcist. So you have a combination of Roland's experience with the actual description of this chick. And like how she was acting stuff. when she was yeah, possessed. Yeah, exactly. So the, it's yeah, like the guttural sounds and the crazy yeah, speaking. Throat speaking, part Ooh. two of that. Yeah, yeah. That's some creep. The speaking, yeah, some it really stories. does get me with, with how, the, how people talk because Pretty it's creepy. just such a departure from how they normally speak. And um, it seems like beyond the acting ability of a young person, be able to, they just act like that and just so out of control, crazy, and uh, yeah. uh, just fucking creepy all around. Yeah. Creepy Absolutely. Creepy stories. Well, before we get into our next tale, I just wanted to mention a couple other um, indicators of possession, all of which will come apart in our story today, but they seem to be like the, the flag marks of if you're possessed or not. One of them being that, that, that deep guttural throat speaking, the uh, the thrashing about and just this writhing and, and just almost like uh, you're having a seizure, just, just shaking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also notices of speaking a language that you're not familiar with, almost like you are speaking someone speaking through you, speaking in tongues, speaking Latin, speaking other mm-hmm. languages that you're not familiar with or shouldn't yep. know, that maybe a demon could speak for you. And I guess demons know a lot of languages or mm-hmm. whatever. Projectile and vomiting straight up onto the ceiling. Vomiting <laughs> on the ceiling. <laughs> Spin your head around. Oh, that one wasn't mentioned. That's just in the movie. But uh, but also uh, on, on characteristic strength. You have the strength of like yes. 10 men. You can throw people across the room or throw mm-hmm. people off you and that's why you have to tie people down they're just so strong when they're yeah, possessed yeah. they can writhe around as uh, as well as levitation to be able levitation, to, to be able to float okay. in the air yeah. and also i heard about uh, pos- uh possession gravity which is the concept of being your body becomes so dense that people can't pick you up even if you're very tiny like you you, you become so heavy with yeah, yeah. with the spirit like your friend that you're going to talk about soon exactly right she wasn't big not very, and yeah. got smaller as it went. So yeah, I thought it would be worth mentioning those different characteristics because most of these stories about possession have at least a few of these in there. And in fact, for the Catholic Church to be able to perform possession, they have to get certified, call their boss, and have it the official possession. They have to experience at least some of these aspects or they won't do it. Because yeah. even though, like I said, I think they'd be chomping at the bit to, to do these all the time. It's like it's their, like, you know, their, their glorified day. Here we go. It's our great day. They are very careful about not mixing it up with someone who has mental health problems or is experiencing schizophrenia hysteria. or psychosis mm-hmm. hysteria because they're they don't want to be getting in the way which surprised me and i'm actually happy about they don't want to get in the way of um, mental health and modern medicine yeah. they want to make sure people are being taken care of and a lot of these cases they will actually insist that they're checked out by a doctor and, and the priest will go and observe them for days on end to make sure that they truly believe it is a true demonic possession and as many as many times as they had been done exorcisms countless many more have been refused and they yeah. said we won't do it yeah absolutely they're not possessed or if they are possessed that we can't we can't take care of you and you need to pray the gay away as it were mm-hmm. yep which is a whole different kind of exorcism there but yeah so that brings us to uh to i think is the most famous case of possession of all time if it isn't it will be after this episode because this episode is uh of the dylan joe basement podcast which will one day be the most famous podcast of all time. Just give us some time. And that is the case of Annalise Michelle, also known as an Americanized name in the film, Emily Rose. And this is relatively modern, too. This is in the 1970s that this possession occurred. Uh, but her problem started well before then. She grew up in Germany. That's why her name is Annalise Michelle, and they, her and the whole family spoke German. And they were all devout Christians. She was. She grew up from the day 
that she was born raised in a super conservative and super strict household, which means you grow up, you do your job, no boys around, church multiple times a week, you know, you're praying all day, being modest, to the point where Annalise, who is by all accounts a very smart and kind girl, she actually went to school for theology. She went to college to get her master's in theology. She wanted to become uh, religious on the books. In a time in Germany, it was actually a little bit behind the United States as far as, you know, women's uh, feminist movement. So it still was more likely that you're going to be just working at home, having kids at that time a lot more. Mm -hmm. That came later in Germany than did in America. But she wanted to, you know, go to school and get her degree in theology and just become a strict Christian lady her whole life. Um, And so did her parents. They were very proud of that. But unfortunately, she had health problems her entire life. I mean, if anything you heard of, she got it. Measles, mumps, influenza. She had uh, blackouts. She had sleep paralysis where she would wake up in the night and have that that part of your uh, nervous system that's supposed to shut off when you're sleeping so that when you're dreaming, you're not punching mm-hmm. and kicking you running around some people in fact a lot of people wake up during that and their body's still paralyzed and not only is that terrifying to not be able to move but be conscious your brain tries to square that circle because humans aren't made to do that so you start to see things like shadow people in a lot of cases will report people being held down and feeling like there's a giant weight on their chest and they can't move mm-hmm. and it's just terrifying and she went through all that as a young girl growing up in her teenage years including having epileptic seizures to the point where they brought her to a neurologist and they said she must have a frontal lobe issue. She's got sleep paralysis problems. She's got seizures. Mm -hmm. They started trying to put her on epilepsy medication and saying, well, this is all we can do for her because there's nothing wrong with her psychologically. I mean, she's feeling these crazy feelings and blacking out and she feels like there's, there's entities that are pushing her down and haunting her. She's seeing things, but it's all part of her, uh, her epilepsy, which is what they thought going into it. Yeah, and that stuff's scary. I mean, I uh, I uh, get sleep paralysis sometimes. I do have that. I can't imagine. It's weird, but it never has made me like kind of. But I can see how if I've never like sometimes you struggle to open your eyes, and then once you do, you're awake. But some people might get to that point, and they feel paralyzed, and it's like something else. But yeah, I'm very aware of myself, and I know what's going on. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a big theme with this stuff is that that sleep paralysis thing with you know. A lot of issues, especially that she's had a lot of other stuff going on. So it kind of is, uh, yeah, making sense. I mean, she was in and out of the hospital, you know, 20 times before she even turned 13. And that was for major diseases. So even without the psychological problems she was having with her sleep paralysis or her epilepsy, um, she was just in and out of the hospital just with all kinds of Banged disease. up from stuff. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, she could like, have died many times before she even reached her teenage A lot of these other folks that we have on here, too, have had a lot of issues with just health like getting getting all the plagues that are going around at the time. all the like plagues all of them that stuff uh, them all. yeah depletes the brain a lot of chemicals and stuff it's pretty rough so mm-hmm. anyway so what happened with her and i think that also might make you susceptible to more problems as your life goes on like the more the world beats you down the, the more yeah. that you become vulnerable to it unfortunately yeah. it's what kill, it doesn't kill you makes you stronger but what sometimes what scars you yeah. uh, makes you vulnerable all the times yeah. to people so as she did get older and she was leaving high school and going to college, she started experiencing these bouts of extreme paralysis in the in her waking hours. And her body would seize up and get completely catatonic like people who have uh, severe um, schizophrenia where they just mm-hmm. freeze yeah, up yeah. in shape. 
and her family obviously was freaking out about it and they're thinking you know it's even though they are devoutly religious and every day it's praying the rosary and everything like that they still were like this is a medical issue we need to take her to the hospital and she started blacking out when she had these she wouldn't remember it even happening until she was done with it obviously she was probably extremely sore like going through a seizure where your all your muscles are tense up for such yeah. a long time you just drained out so they took her to all kinds of neurologists and they couldn't find any problem with her at all. Multiple ones, they go, they send her home and she would be fine for a couple of weeks. And then again, she'd get into these bouts where she get all, all seized up and she started seeing um, demons in her waking hours, not just during sleep paralysis or seizures. She would be seized up and she would wake up screaming and crying because she would see in her room demons looking at her and speaking to her and scaring the ever-loving fuck out of her. That'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. Fucking terrifying shit. Ah, excuse me. I feel like I've been talking for a while about her. Anything no, it's okay. I, 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 you know, I don't have a whole lot here besides I mm-hmm. saw the movie when it came out. Um, and it was definitely the scariest of the group. I mean, she's like, yeah. things are on fire, the bugs, the, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's totally, you're telling a great story. I think it's a good time to just keep rolling with it. Will do. Yeah, right. yeah. Keep rolling dough. Keep rolling dough. Keep rolling Ronald dough. Yeah. So so she does come out at like a lot of times she's taking a lot of time off of school, whether it is being sick or having these catatonic events and these terrible things happening to her. But somehow she's still keeping up with her schoolwork and she's going to college and she has to take a couple months off and goes back and there after they're back and forth, back and forth, she keeps doing it. She meets a boy in college named Peter, falls in love with him. It's her boyfriend. But uh, no, no hanky panky going on there. They're super be, yeah. uh, Christian Germans. And I would vote for this guy Peter. I don't know much about him, but he seems to be the best boyfriend of all time. Because as the story goes on, he goes through this entire thing with her and doesn't break up with her. Which I, it would have taken less than ten percent of this, and I'd have been like, "Sorry, this is too, way too much for me. You're yeah. crazy." But she starts experiencing these things so severely that. All medical doctors don't know what to do with her besides to tell her that she needs to stay home, need to try to take care of her as much as possible. Even though it seems that she's having super uh, psychotic breaks, they can't diagnose it in her because it doesn't last. It'll last for a short period of time and then she'll act normal for a week and get back to her schoolwork. And then all of a sudden, like a blink in the night, she'll start to have these dark sunken in eyes and she gets catatonic and can't breathe, can't see, screaming, talking of demons. And that's when the story turns into the more demonic possession side because it starts to get so severe that she doesn't act like herself anymore. She starts to have these tendencies to lash out at her parents. The whole function of her life is to follow the Christian religion and she starts getting averse to Christian symbols like crucifixes and a holy water. She wants to go away from them. And her father starts to think, even though he was the last one to think it, the mother and the sister, they're there's a demon, it's gotta be a demon. And the father's like, no, 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 it's, it's a psychological issue. We have to just stay with the science. And at that degree, he goes, we're going to uh, Italy and we're going to some monasteries. We're gonna pray this shit out of you. And when she got there, she was throwing a fit and screaming the entire time. She was tearing apart religious icons and the, the, everyone in the, the entire group said she smelled like burning shit. Oof, bad smell. I mean, Shit's already bad, but yeah, burning, burning shit, shit is terrible. Not good. So this whole wow. time, her, her boyfriend Peter's staying with her, and, and he's having to bring her home where she's having these psychological events where she's seeing demons, she's freaking out. And when they take her home for the final time from college, that's when you get into the real movie shit where she is completely refusing food. 
She's screaming, speaking in tongues, speaking Latin. Well, she just learned it all because they brought her to a monastery. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another part of it. Where they say, yeah. well, she would have never known Latin. Well, she studied Latin for four years to, as part of her theology degree. Uh, you know, she did know Latin very well. That's Pissed really your parents part. for over... Uh... Uh, over pushing, over pushing, yeah. over, oh, pushing uh, religion on you too much. Then <laughs> you say, "Oh, well, I'm not really not get to <laughs> say all these horrible things in Latin." Yeah, there's a lot of creepy shit that she did. That's like, oh, I don't know why it could be possession, but the knowing Latin part's kind of bullshit because she studied Latin. Like she could speak Latin pretty well, yeah. better than anyone you ever know. So that's kind of yeah. weird. But yeah, she's she speaking of pissing your parents off. She was pissing on herself, and uh, it became a huge issue that she was starving herself to death. And uh, she was, like you said, she was refusing all food. She was eating bugs, mm-hmm. and she became she became completely uh, violent towards her parents. For one occasion, she stayed under her dinner table for two days, barking like a dog. And Peter still stayed with her, trying to keep her okay. I mean, come on, at that point, you had to be crazy. She has to be doing something to him he likes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe much like Ronald, uh, how to work at uh, changing. Changing degrees in your life. Yep, not sure. We'll find out. So at the yes. end of all that, it was it was so terrifying to them. They said, there's no other way. We have to get help from a priest. And uh, again, the priest went in there thinking, well, this can't be. We have to make sure all this, all the doctors. And they said, we've done all this. That's why we have you here. Look at all the crosses. Look at all the shit. This girl isn't eating. She only weighed 120 pounds before, and now she's under 90 pounds. And she's sunken in eyes. She's becoming violent. She's speaking in those screaming tones in different languages. And that priest, um, after only seeing her a handful of times, he goes back to his bishop to try to tell him, I need permission to go help this girl. And that night, that priest sees visions of demons in his room for the first time in his life. And he's convinced. He's terrified. And he goes, this is the most real thing I've ever seen in my life. It's a real possession. I've never even seen this before. And he's contacting this girl. It's coming back with me. The demons are coming back with me home. I cannot escape them, even in my own life. Yeah. So the bishop says... All right, it's 1975. You can do an exorcism, but don't tell anybody about it. This is fucking weird that we're even doing this now. And uh, he sends those two priests there, and it was within, like I said, as the movie showed, she's genuflecting thousands of times. Her knees are disintegrating. Her whole body's disintegrating. She's dying. She's dying while yeah. still alive and psychologically damaged to some degree. And uh, it's not just the one time. Big, big, you know, exorcism, and it's all over. They did 67 exorcisms over the course of 10 months on this poor girl. It's a lot. It uh, drains people of their energy and can kill people. The exorcism is how, how intense it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Ki- it has killed many people. And mm-hmm. although it didn't happen during one of the exorcisms, ultimately it did kill Annalise Michelle because she did die of uh, starvation and dehydration. And as part of one of the exorcisms, she did reveal to the priest who was inside her. There were seven demons, not just the one, all seven. And uh, many of them you might have heard of before. Seven, pretty weird. Like, yeah. like the seven we talked about earlier. One of them, but but strangely enough, it wasn't the seven that we talked about earlier. One of them is Lucifer, which is you know that's the big one. Okay, that's he's the, there. That's yeah. the big dog. Yeah. Uh, one of them being Nero, which we talked wow, about before. Wow, bad dude, yeah. yeah bad dude. in there too. Yep. Judas Iscariot, the guy who betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adolf Hitler is one of them. Interesting guy to have in there. Huh, yep. yeah, that does make the story you a little strange. You don't want him. <laughs> they didn't put that in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it's kind of fucking weird. 
and also kind of undercuts the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it is just dead people, uh, then why not just be another one of those? Yeah, he usually in popular culture usually shows up with someone putting a pineapple his ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pineapple his ass. Never saw him in. A- yeah. Apparently, she would even argue within the multiple personalities in her head of multiple demons, and she that the piece would see her argue as like Judas talking to Satan or Hitler arguing with Nero. That's about- gonna be a fun one to watch. I mean, it's a whole show in itself. That's a real slapstick skit on <laughs> SNL right there waiting to happen. Mine come here to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut uh, up, yo, Shut up, Nero. Yeah, oh, I got yeah. that. You think you're so yeah, fucking burning smart. Burning people at the stake over here. <laughs> I'm just telling you to come over here and burn these bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, one of the strangest things, just to give credence, because you know I was going to play it a little even-handed at first at least, she was able to tell these priests things about their lives that no one knew but them. Yeah, something. And able even to uh, apparently speak to them, speak to one of them in Chinese, hmm. which she did not learn that in school. One of the times she was speaking as Satan said to the guy, you've been stealing souls from me in China. I know you. I know who you are. And talked about uh, his life and saying that, like, you've been trying to convert people in China to Christianity, and I don't like that because I'm the mm-hmm. devil and I want all mm-hmm. the souls to be on my side. So there was a lot of stuff that happened to these priests to the degree that they went in skeptical and they were terrified of this girl because they were they truly believed this girl was possessed by Satan himself and he knew things that they couldn't including that super strength that they had and they had to tie her down multiple times where she would throw people across the room. Her family reported that she had the strength of 10 men and she could throw her father and the priest to the ground. It took at least six people to hold her down a lot of the times because of just the amount of strength in this 90 pound little German 23 year old girl. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I got nothing to, to say about that. I mean, it's easy to make some jokes, but there are some things about most of these that, that go into the unexplained. Absolutely. Yeah. And so unfortunately, she did eventually uh, was freed of uh, this possession. But unfortunately, it was because that she passed away. And uh, they never really did get the demons out without killing her. And they didn't kill her during an exorcism. But she was, like I said, she's dead from neglect. And they were actually brought up on charges. Both the priests and both her parents were brought up on manslaughter by neglectful homicide in Germany. And brought into the the case were the tapes of the exorcisms for the defense saying like this girl was actually possessed. They did what they could to save her. We weren't just trying to, you know, mistreat someone with mental illness, which is what most of the world would think because how would you believe this yeah. girl's possessed? But at the same time, it was so convincing of what happened to her and they couldn't really help her out. So they gave the priest both six months in jail and they gave her parents, uh, which I guess you can happen in Germany. They can give you a, you've suffered enough. So you can be guilty, but they'll give you that you have no sentence because you've suffered enough because of what mm-hmm. happened to your daughter. And so that was the story of Annalise Michelle, later rather, made into the movie Emily Rose. Yeah, and they said that at the end here. So um, <clears throat> the morning after like the last exorcism, she was um, visited by the Virgin Mary, blah, blah. And she chose to endure her suffering and received a stigmata on her hands. Yeah, so she she receives stigmata, which is something that happens in uh, miracles, and I don't know if there's ever an example of it happening naturally. It's mostly people claim it's happened to them, but it's when you receive the wounds of Christ, so holes in your hands and your feet. Oh, okay, yeah. So you could say that she received that by the Virgin Mary in order to like be like, oh, this is a, my symbol of mm. giving myself up for the better of humanity. I'm going to suffer through this to make everyone else you know, not have to suffer with yeah, me yeah. anymore. Or you could say this girl, um, you know, put her hands on a barbed wire fence and cut a fucking hole in her hand because she yeah. was going crazy. She's yeah. also in her early 20s, which unfortunately is a lot of the times where people start exhibiting the um, mental, mental illness, illness, schizophrenia, things, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yep. And especially when you're hyper-religious growing up your entire life. So Yeah. So that's the story of uh, Annalise Michelle, poor yeah. girl. And on that note, we're going to take our uh, commercial break here, and we're going to come back with a, with a uh, wraparound to something we talked about earlier. We'll see you soon. The power of the basement compels you. just seen a couple of clips sounds mostly the sounds it's usually dark the sights just the sounds just the sounds terrifying terrifying sounds of what this possession sounds like coming out of a small female um, where they don't from their friends and family and from the history they don't usually sound like this or say these things I mean yeah the difference between like their normal speaking voice and this it it seems beyond just someone putting on an affect or screaming It's, it's this guttural horrific and especially after she's been doing this for multiple weeks straight without ever eating anything besides a couple of spiders you figured mm. your throat would be torn up and you'd be like laryngitis be just tired spring, but yeah. you just rah, yeah raining on very crazy which brings us to one of our most modern cases we've ever heard of that was in 1976 that she passed mm-hmm. away and the hits do not stop they keep coming if you have been listening the whole time which i sure hope you have <laughs> okay there is a thing we open up this podcast with about a poor girl named Louisa from Tacoma, Washington. We want to continue that story right now. 40 years after Annalisa came Louisa. Annalise, sorry. Annalise came Louisa oh, in yeah. Tacoma, Washington. So and that's we, a theme here. Satan's got a type. It's got a type. A little bit of recap. She has been experiencing some unexplained things. Went through a lot of trauma. Um, and then just kept seeing psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists and doctors mm-hmm. who... Deja um, vu. Yeah, similar thing, who um, just kept not really being able to figure out what's going on with her at night and this type of stuff. And then she started having some kids. She had her first child in a C-section, very traumatic. Sure. Traveled the world, um, got things like E. coli and other diseases and was just pretty run down. But then she just kept having kids. And... Um, Real go-getter, just keeps on trucking. Yeah, she didn't let us stop her, which is really great. Um, But um, the episodes got more intense, the sleep paralysis with, you know, someone breathing on the back of her neck. She has sleep paralysis as well. Yeah. Oh, my. And they said that's what it is. And someone, she'd wake up and somebody was breathing on the back of her neck and she can't move. And then another one, she woke up and somebody's arm was pressing on her collarbone and her husband... Uh, started noticing these things too and he would see it and he would hear it and he would hear these voices and these type of things and Louisa um, was actually half Native American her or sorry a core Native American mm-hmm. her grandmother warned her we you know when you're traveling when you're doing things um, 
you know, be aware of these spirits and, um, and we'll get into, we'll get into that. So, um, she couldn't figure out why these were happening. Um, and she started to think something was pursuing her at this point after having a couple kids, she started to think that maybe this is something more than just sleep paralysis. So, um, she went down the internet again, this is 2016. So she went on to like Reddit and YouTube WebMD. Yeah, exactly. ChristMD. Yep. Um, however, WebMD is not going to do a whole lot because I don't know if you know this, but in the hospital, they don't have an ICD-10 code for demonic possession. ICD-10 codes. Do they not? They don't. Ah, yeah. man. I yeah, you would. can't. If you go to the ER and you say you're possessed, they insurance doesn't have a code for that. ICD-10 <sighs> codes are what insurance is used to bill the hospitals. That sucks. And they have ones like, you know, bent penis. And right. Oh, Hope it's called something else, but you know they have an actual thing for all these, but they don't have one for possession. Do they have one for major dissociative disorder or schizophrenia? Absolutely. Oh, maybe they might yeah. use that one. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we'll um, see how the story goes. We'll see how it goes. It didn't say what she, you know, it's her medical record, so we didn't get uh, what she actually had on the hospital. But oh, you can loss. you can assume that yeah, exactly. You can assume that sleep paralysis and schizophrenia and these type of things. But um, she on the internet and then just started reading about people like her who are experiencing a lot of similar things and. Um, yeah. And uh, and she started going over like images and these things. And she just said to her friends and family and her husband that she's became obsessed with the topic because she could relate to it. Well, I can imagine if you're chronically ill with something, it's going to consume you because it's all you're thinking about the time. It's plaguing you. Yeah. So why wouldn't you be all consumed with it? It's all consuming of you. It's understandable that someone would become obsessed with this when it's plaguing you night by night and day by day how, how yeah. can you not think about it i mean imagine just having even having a headache for a full week all you can think about is how Googling, to get rid of my headache right or what Googling it is what's or, going on yeah. with me it must so, be similar but so this time it's um much scarier because it's uh not on the registry of modern illnesses exactly and that's why we got this is this one's interesting because it's modern and um and just Again, we're a couple states away, but the Catholic Church believes that this is on the rise. And in 2018, just in Indianapolis alone, there are 1,700 requests for an exorcism. That is insane that it's on the rise. You figured that um, it would be more of like an old way of thinking that people have, mm. or have the possession being a problem. But yeah, I heard that too in my research that actually within the past decade, there's been more requests for exorcisms than in the past 50. It yeah. just keeps increasing. Yeah, and they think, and the church thinks that it's because um, people are abandoning the church and going towards more of the occult. So they witch, would witchcraft, say that, Ouija boards, they whatever. They would say that. Of course they would, but it just had to be said because that's what their statement. Sure. That's what their statement was. So yeah, that's an interesting take. So this priest that she went to, um, she is now in Orlando. I'm not sure how she got there, but she went to church. And, uh, and then she went to go talk to a priest and uh, about what's going on. And he, he just said, have you dabbed in the occult? And, he didn't uh, say dabble. He said, have you dabbed? She's oh, ripping sorry. shatter. Da- yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Hitting that THC wax. Have, yeah. you, have you dabbed in the occult? Because you're <laughs> high dabbled. as fuck right now. Your eyes are red and so is your soul, honey. Yeah, don't be using that. So she said, uh, well, actually... Um, my grandfather uh, and I used to use our Ouija board, and then he died a couple years ago. Um, oh. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it was actually after he died, she started using it. To be able to speak to him. Yeah, exactly. And then so the priest also said, all right, well, you need to get rid of that thing. 
Um, and anything else you have, like tarot cards, amulets, pagan symbols. Harry Potter books. Harry Potter books, crystals, anal plugs, and birthstones. So, you know, all that stuff's got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Ricky Gervais shows. Ricky Gervais shows. Uh, yeah, did Office Season 2, UK, got to yeah, go. Get rid of that. Um, it's all got to go. And But all seriousness. Um, Marilyn Manson CDs. Yep. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Um, corn, the band, get rid of them. Get rid of... Don't Definitely. even eat corn from yep, now corn. on. Corn, yep. Don't even do that. Uh, I think there's that other female singer that's not... Um, uh, Alanis Morissette CD's got to go. Oh, yeah. Jagged uh, Little Pill. Take it. Take gotta it out of your go. collection. Too mad, too angry. Um, all serious, no. Seriousness, seriousness, keep the butt plug, but... Um, that's fine. But everything else that we mentioned, including Laris Morissette, can serve can serve as a doorway for demons. So right, you're opening go. up your body to be possessed by evil yep. spirits. Yep. So you have to let them in. It's like a vampire; they need to be invited in. Yeah, they yeah they they find a hole and they go in it. Oh yeah, they yeah. really do. There's a hole; they'll find and it. And the so more provocatively you hole, dress, metaphorically, yeah, they will find a, priest, a way in. They will find a way in. So, um, so. Another, just another, again, we've mentioned this in the podcast, one person seeing UFO. That's a crackpot. 50,000 people. Okay. Now we got a trend. So she keeps spending time with friends and they know her very well. And, um, and, uh. I'm glad she has friends. Yeah, she definitely seems cool. Um. A lot of these people don't actually have friends, much like, uh, Ronald Doe didn't have any friends at all. Or, uh, Roland Doe, rather. Yeah, he didn't. He he used the Ouija board to get his possession, but he didn't really have any friends either. So yeah, don't be doing that alone if you're depressed. I mean, God knows what's gonna happen. So, and again, uh, as you know, I don't know if I mentioned it, but respect the Ouija board. Weird things happen. I'm not saying they don't. I don't use them anymore. It's been way. It's been long, and I'm good. But I don't respect anything made by Milton Bradley. I have been to the Ouija board museum, and you get some vibes there, my friend. So, um, anyways, she went from friends and then she uh, came back to uh, Stephen, which we're assuming is the husband, doesn't say it. But she's usually an affable, meandering conversationalist. Mm-hmm. But now, she assumed a slow, measured tone, just like this, only her version. Oh. So, um, he's seen this a bunch of times, slowly starting to creep in that she does this whole thing. And this is when he decided to grab his tablet possibly an ipad or a, or the uh samsung there one. really does uh just kind or, of jolt you into the modern day yeah. where one of these exorcism stories has an ipad tablet. in it yep let's get the ipad so he did this in um just like most ufo sightings the footage is dark and poor sound um and, but it's a 20 minute video pointed directly at her and this is after she starts having her dark tone uh she says to the ipad you humans have your own sense of time. Mm. I have plenty of time. I have all the time in the world. She then shifts into a staccato whisper. Not sure what that means. It's your wife I want, she says. Mm. Not only her body, but her soul. As she speaks, she jerks her head from side to side. At first quickly, like a marionette. Don't know what that is? Please let us know. It's Team America Puppet. Puppets on a string is a marionette. Okay, so she's being a marionette. Not sure where you learned that fucking from. No one knows that. Marionette? Most people know what it is. No one knows what a marionette is except for Joe. (laughs) Prove me wrong. Write in if you don't know what a marionette is. Just say one, two, yes, no, (laughs) uh, butt plug. Just write something. We'll know what you mean. Yeah, Um, we'll get you. Yep. Uh, And then then slowly, like a viper swing to the sounds of a snake's charmer, Mm. Pungi. 
What? That's what it says. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, that's not what she said. She, <laughs> <laughs> she, she moves her her head side to side after she speaks like a snake charmer's. I guess um, like, the, the way he's doing the flute. Doing, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm guessing it's this kind yeah. of deal, like that. Yep. And then okay, then after she stops doing the pungy, she says, "Well, her demon says God can't save her. Do you understand that? She's mine." And uh, then she arches her spine and her face goes through a series of contortions. So you can go see this. We're going to try to put some footage on here. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Viewer discretion advised. Not for, for children sure. under 18 years old. Um, yeah, this is some scary stuff. And, uh, and when, uh, so when her husband first started seeing this type of stuff going on with Louisa, he thought there was a psychiatric disorder um, and she's had her share of um, struggles. Sure. Um, and she has some PTSD issues and a history of alcohol abuse. But that's not shit that I see when people are drinking. But, um, and so he thought that was probably the deal. Like, all right, she's she's just needs some time to heal. But right. uh, he changed his mind um, when strange things started happening. So when these strange things started happening, same thing that happened with the other folks. Yeah, electronic devices started to turn on, turn off. Lights were that were smashed. Were starting to glow up. They're enormous. And. Um, just things that uh, he's known since knowing Louisa. He told uh, our people here, really disturb your reality. So, um, yeah, just more more witness accounts from her friend Girk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Wiona Wiona Girk um, just said the same. Why no no? Why no? I bet, I bet, I bet her name is. Uh... Winona. Winona. Yeah, Winona. Well, Winona. Winona Gerke. Gerke. It's like the German pronunciation. Gerke. Gerke. Yep. Um, Poor shit. Yeah. And uh, she just saw things like her facial expression. It didn't seem like her. Creeped yeah. her out so bad. Feeling for her own safety. Gerk was... Uh, Gerk wrestled her to the ground and eventually managed to calm her down. Oh. Um, and, uh, and then she slept on the couch. But we don't... At this point... <laughs> <laughs> that's the end that's of the story. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, that's on the couch. Yeah. Her friend got a wrestling match. They weren't gonna sleep together that night. Yeah, and she slept on the couch and she gave. She was in the doghouse. her bed. I mean, she gave uh, Elisa her bed. That's nice. Um, but uh, but the most the whole point of the story is that there's footage of this. Uh, yeah, don't hold your breath on that one. We will show it. It has to exist if uh, if we show it for most things. Yeah, we want to show it to which you. we will. But we we do. don't know how the exorcism went because didn't talk about it. But right, but they have to get an exorcism. Yeah, this is. But, I, but I imagine this well, one wasn't sanctioned by the Catholic Church because we don't have a record of the newer exorcisms. Yeah, um, they said they don't like to do that as much. They don't like to do it as much, but it doesn't yeah. mean they don't do it because even Annalise Michelle's exorcism was off the record at the time, and only because of the court case was it brought to light. So, who knows who. Uh, who did that exorcism, which makes me want to bring up just one last tidbit about exorcism, which is that there was one guy who was the most famous exorcist, maybe of all time, named Gabriele Amorth, and he was actually the official exorcist of the Vatican, which means that the Pope said, you're the guy who does the exorcisms, who claimed to have done 20,000 exorcisms, Wow! and that's way too many, he's lying. But what, 20, what he How qualified it with, he said that every exorcism doesn't mean that someone was possessed, and it doesn't mean that it was like four hours long. Some of them can only be a couple of minutes long, some of them are multiple hours. But he does claim that at least 90 people that he 
did an exorcism on were possessed by an actual demon. And a lot of those other ones, he did it. Maybe they weren't actually possessed, or maybe he did a shorter version. But this guy was the the uh, all-time uh, leading hitter when it comes to exorcisms. And he lived to the ripe old age of uh, 91 years old. It's pretty good for a guy. Before he passed away in the year 2016, the same year oh as God. Luisa. Ex- Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't fucking think so. And uh, so this guy was the main exorcist guy. His uh, his occupation is listed as exorcist and writer, not priest. <laughs> Interesting. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely wrote a lot of books. Like a lot of these people who are uh, paranormal uh, investigators, mediums, or psychics, they're, uh, they have side careers, which is telling you about how cool it is that they do it. Yeah. Not a whole lot of money to be made by doing exorcisms, but you could definitely sell a big time book about it and hopefully you can get a book deal made into a movie, optioned out, you get a little money on the back end. Mm-hmm. Now uh, not only are you saving people from the spirits of hell, you get to buy a new yacht because awesome. your story is so fucking crazy and scary and cool. It's great. It's uh, you don't bump into guys like that as much, you know, like I, know. Like where I wish you, I would though. But where you could go you could meet that guy and be like, Wow, you're an exorcist? I would love to have... Be like, all right, I don't mean to bother you, but what's the craziest shit you've ever seen? Oh, yeah. It'd be that'd great. be so fun. Tell me all about it. I did that just a few days ago with a guy. Oh, um, yeah. Do tell. I uh, had to get a car towed, and the tow truck driver showed up, and he was doing some stuff. I was like, so... And he's like, your car has a spirit in it. <laughs> it probably does. But... Um, Exercise <laughs> your car. Yeah. Um, that car survives on prayers alone. It's the only reason it works. So <laughs> cars cannot live on oil alone. Yeah, hope and faith is what powers <laughs> this car. <laughs> there is nothing else at play here. Nothing. Um, by the by, the grace of God, there doesn't this go. This car starts, um, and it didn't start, which is why I brought him. He was there. Oh yeah, in the parking lot. Um, it was. But uh, he uh, had to the car, and I, and I got to car. ask him what's the craziest shit he's ever seen, and it was not interesting. Um, oh, that's but that's what I get. Yeah, I didn't, have any I, I, I didn't have the lead exorcist there. He'd be like, hey, yeah, I had to, I had a tow truck driver. Yeah, I mean, I would love to interview oh, someone like a guy who just did one exorcism. Never mind the guy who was like the mm. uh, you know twenty thousand the Ted Williams of doing exorcisms. Like yeah. this guy knows how to fucking crank that ball right out of the park. Yeah, and uh, you know, as any great exorcist was, he was born in Italy himself, so he's an old Italian. Priest. Well, that's where the exorcist training camp is, I believe, right? Oh yeah, there's a few of them, but that's the headquarters. That's the yeah, that's the uh, the Quantico of uh, mm. doing exorcism. That's yeah. uh, the FBI training facility, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep, Virginia. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, I looked all over the internet, and it doesn't seem that there's any footage of Luisa's exorcism. No video footage, not even the audio. I mean, maybe it's out there somewhere and I just couldn't find it, but I found everything else on this podcast, so uh, that Atlantic article uh, must have some kind of information we don't have, and uh, I guess Dylan just hoped that it existed and said it did, but it didn't actually. So, uh, you know, look into stuff, folks, before you just blindly say it's true or not. Thank you. Back to the podcast. Everybody's in there. Oh, man. So you guys have seen the clip. Scary. So I do want to bring a correction into things. 
please. Uh, there are three exorcist training facilities sanctioned by the Vatican. All right. And one is in Chicago. Nice. Great place for it. Uh, Rome mm -hmm. and Manila. Which is in the Philippines. Was wondering. So those are three super centers of Catholicism in the world, which is not surprising to me at all. I would picture one being in South America, but uh, I guess they... They get it all figured out down there. Yeah, they, they don't need. A, they don't need that. They don't need us for that. But yeah, one of the most um, Catholic places in the world, the Philippines, which it's legally uh, okay to execute uh, people who are accused of drug dealing and gay people there. So that place is really on the up and up as far wow, as social nice. concepts go. And yeah. it's very cool to be associated with the Roman Catholic Church when your president says it's okay to assassinate people who are accused of being homosexual. Mm. Very cool in the year twenty twenty one to murder gay people without any uh, re responsibility yeah. or things like that. So yeah. very cool. Yeah. That's Keep going, Philippines. You should elect a boxer as your president because you guys are doing a really good job. Jesus Christ, as I always say. Oh, um, yeah. What's the legal age to have sex over there? I can't remember. Definitely God knows what. way um, too young. Fucked up. Um, <laughs> but uh, God, people are back. Back to some facts. Um, <laughs> uh, there are between, some say... 15 exorcists in the United States. Which seems like a low number for how certified. many. Yeah. But some people say 70 to 100. Gotcha. Weird that the numbers are that fucking off. But yeah. um, But still, I was thinking, uh, if they just said 100 or under, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, it, it still it seems like it's rarefied air where like not anyone can become an exorcist. And you have to kind of, like you said, you have to get certified. You have to dedicate your life to understand the ritual of it. I mean, there is a whole, I had it like up the ritual. It's a, it's a very long series of prayers and things you have to do a lot of it's in latin and there's certain things excuse me like motions you have to do it's, it's all a big process it's like memorizing a whole play yeah oh yeah it's like a like a broadway play you're doing to yourself to get order of operations out. matters can't start at the end yeah, yeah yeah you can't just do it it's not an improv show you got to know what you're going into there and also it's got to be hard to keep all that together while uh there is a a 20 year old girl writhing and screaming about how your mother sucks cocks in hell which will take us right into our next segment, which is... Great quote. Which is movies, uh, oh, TV shows and books too, but mostly movies to us, about exorcism, which is much of us got into the idea of it that way. And I know for me, I think for you too, it, when I first saw movies about this, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life and almost does still remain to be. Yeah, so when's your uh, first time seeing some fucked up shit? Like, what was it? When was it? Where were you? Yeah, well, the first time I, I, had, I had heard about it was probably for people talking about the movie The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. But I was much too scared to watch scary movies, and I didn't like watching them. I had no—it was more of like a punishment when people would watch yeah. them. I'd be like, yeah. this is going to be like someone, you know, hurting me. It, it's not enjoyable. I'm just trying yeah. to get through it. But I was at a campground, Normandy Farms, I think it's in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and someone had, it was on Halloween time, and they would do trick-or-treating in the, camp, the campground. You could dress up and walk around all the campsites, and they would pass it out. But people had these great displays of, you know, like they'd have the big skeletons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was scared of all of it. You could have a, a picture of a ghost, I would pee my pants. I was wow. so scared. Understand. And yeah. someone had this amazing display of a bunch of different horror movies together, and one of them was lit up and it was a bed with a with a dummy in it with a sheet over it and it had a green witch's face on it and it had like a wig like it was supposed to be like reagan being possessed and move the exorcist and its head was spinning around as it played the music from the movie creepy and i ran all the way back to the campsite crying <laughs> and i was fucking terrified and that was that was probably four years before i ever saw the movie and that, yeah. that set me up for being like well that idea 
is the scariest thing ever. And then when I did see the movie, The Exorcist. I think I went to camp with that person. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> when I did see the movie, The Exorcist, I was like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And I almost didn't want to finish it because I was so scared. It was terrifying. And, and it still is jarring even today. From the 70s, it'll still get you today, which I can't imagine what people thought at the time when they saw it, how much just like just shocked society to be a movie like that, that terrifying. People were like, you shouldn't even be allowed to see it. It's too scary. Damien! Amen. Bob! Defender of the human race! Oh. Look down in pity! You killed your mother! Your servant! You left her alone to die! To Shut up! I'll never forgive you! Return. Shut Return. up! Oh. I command you by the judge of the living and the dead! Yeah, I think it's... Same thing. Even to this day, I, I'll watch any horror movie, any scary movie ever. I don't like torture porn because I'm not 14. Um, yeah, that's not true. That's just scariness. a game. You're just like, oh my gore. god, let's watch those arms get yeah, cut off with a acetylene torch. You know, yeah, that's, okay, that's not okay, nearly great. as scary as the true fear. We're spiritual beings. You watch yeah. spiritually based horror movies. Can't escape. It's always scary, no matter what you believe in. Scary stuff. So, yeah, I hear you on that. Um, my first time. With all that was definitely when my older cousins dragged me to a movie theater in Portsmouth mm-hmm. to go see Exorcist: The Beginnings. That one. All right, so that was kind of like two thousand one. Not a remake, kind of like a reboot of The Exorcist, being like we're gonna make it again. So, uh, but, but a, a little prequel. Yeah, exactly. So it's the pre. It's the story of the priest, mm-hmm. the, or the exorcist, in the movie that's based in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually a phenomenal movie. It's not quite as scary as the other one. To me, it was, but it's uh, it starts off with I think they're in North Africa or they're somewhere like that in the desert, and um, and it's why that church is so haunted. Yeah, I think that's worth bringing up. Just a quick aside: yeah. is that why it happens in North Africa is actually happens in the second Exorcist movie. Yeah, yeah they go there to the site. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, the temple to the god Pazuzu, which is mm-hmm. that other Mesopotamian god I talked about earlier. It's crazy. Which too. is actually considered a demon in the Catholic faith. Pazuzu is this uh, this being with the head of a lion and you know the wings, the double wings, and all that. And that is the spirit or the demon that possesses Reagan the Exorcist. So that's why they go to North Africa in that movie and in the sequel to show you like this is the temple of this demon that's actually taken over. Uh, yeah. This poor little. Girl. If anybody wants a good idea to really scare people, um, you know Disneyland has Star Wars and Harry Potter now and all those other things. Yeah. Make that temple where you have to. It's buried by sand, and then they crawl in a hatch. They get down there, and there's just upside down crosses. It looks like a church with just everything's upside down, and it's really dark and drippy I and have crazy. Se- I have seen that. I totally forgot. That, yeah. that scene just brought me right there. Yeah, you go there and you, they're crawling down. They see, they see that first, and they're like, "What is this about?" But is that's this? after that's. I think they they get there after they go through this like almost battle with um, with beings who are who are. It's like it's a World War Two battle, and it's like the British troops, and they're shooting at all these people, probably the Germans. Yeah, coming across probably, but probably Rommel's big, North African yeah it's probably that but but they're clearly possessed like it's a weird scene that everyone wakes up in the morning and they find this temple it's like Damn. you know so the bugs of this or that and like as a as a 9 or 10 year old I was, I was I could barely watch I was mortified I mean I probably haven't been that scared since I was like this is freaking crazy 
totally crazy. So that was my first time seeing that stuff. And then since then, I do, uh, yeah, I've seen Emily Rose. But I, uh, yeah, typically just still avoid those movies. I don't really like, they're not fun. Like, it's like, eh. I, I still enjoy um, watching, I, I enjoy watching the ones we talked about because those ones really got me at the time. They don't get me as much now. It, like I said, as I get older, it takes a lot more to scare me in horror same. movies. Totally when I was same, a kid, yeah. I could watch any scary movie and I'd be like, this is this. Like when I saw The Ring, which I still think still is a good movie. I've seen it once. <laughs> <laughs> it's still well, it took one time for me to it's not as scary as when I was a kid but it was the most horrifying thing of all time I think if I watched it for the first time now I wouldn't be as scared as I was at the time so it's a little bit more difficult but when I watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose it was probably 3-4 years after seeing The Exorcist so I was probably 13 like years old yeah, yeah. yeah so I would be 13 and I was uh, still completely engrossed in the idea like God is watching me the devil's watching over me i gotta do be a good boy and all that mm-hmm. stuff and after i saw that movie and seeing that it was based on a true story i didn't realize it was in the 1970s in germany i thought it was like in iowa last week <laughs> still yeah. scary but uh but yeah it scared the ever-loving shit out of me the movie's very good at doing that even though it's half a courtroom drama but the scenes of the priest seeing the devil and her doing the doing the genuflecting and the whole scene of her in the barn and she barn. goes we are the ones who dwell within and I am Lucifer, the devil in the flesh. And I was like, oh my gosh, get shit at me. Yep. I was terrified because part of that movie. People wake up at the witching hour, which is three thirty in the morning. Oh, that's that's the movie that did that for me. I still sometimes go, I don't want to wake up around. When time. you wake up at that time, and, and so not only did that movie scare the shit out of me, I had a hard time sleeping. I woke up that night at three thirty in the morning, terrified Awful. to my guts, yep. sweating, and I went and I grabbed my statue of Saint Michael that I had, and I held it to my chest, and I just sat there probably for an hour mm-hmm. wide awake because I was like, I don't want the devil to take over my body and possess me. Yep. And I don't think that any movie. Since and before then, even there's been scarier movies, do that. but it has never made me act in the real world as if I was threatened directly by the movie that day. Yep. And it, that got me for like at least a year afterwards. But if I woke up at 3.30, I'd be like, oh shit. Yeah, you know why it's 3.30, right? Down. Uh, I don't. Well, it's like 3.33 is like what it is? Because it's, it's half a 6.66 and then also Jesus was 33 when he died. Yeah, and numerology. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole 33 thing is what that's all about. Gotcha. The witching hour. Yeah, they took a number. A sacred number and made it their time. Weird ass shit. Weird stuff. Well, yeah, so, there's other possession movies like there's a movie, The Possession. Uh, there's uh, The Rights, which Anthony Hopkins yep. plays. Yeah, uh, yeah, I never saw one, but yep. Uh, Hereditary, kind of a newer movie of being possessed. Yeah, I saw she that one. Didn't didn't bother me as much. Um, uh, yeah, Annabelle, Annabelle the Doll. Yeah, Annabelle the Doll is wasn't another that one. Scary. The Conjuring is another. Conjuring, movie. I haven't seen that. I, don't, I just, just feel like it's too it's too scary. That one's not scary at all to me. The okay. Conjuring yeah. series is kind of fucking lame, and uh, yeah, Annabelle doesn't scare me that too much either. Hereditary is a little bit more scary because it's just jarring more than it is scary. Like I'm not scared of the fact that there's going to be demons more than there's like just jarring moments the way they film it just like freaking out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not as scared mm-hmm. of the, the, the mom being possessed by a demon as much as I am when the scene when, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, when the kid comes home and has to deliver very bad news to his mother, the way that she reacts is a way that people react in real life to awful tragedies and uh, the way that yeah. she screams, it really did fuck me up in the way that you can show me a hundred ghosts and demons it won't scare me in the way to hear a mother 
react to the, the news of her children being gravely harmed. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just otherworldly. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of movies about possession, and they're, they're some of the most popular horror films of all time. I mean, The Conjuring series alone is the most lucrative uh, horror film series of all time, just because people love watching people get possessed by uh, ghosts and demons and shit. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's popular. It is. I mean, as much as it is popular to have people like uh, you know killers with hatchets and axes and you know pickaxes like My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. it's it's also awesome scary. Yeah. But people aren't as scared of that as no. they are of the demons it's known. seeping into your body. Yeah, you, it's unseen. Ununderstood, ununder. Yeah, you have no, you have no yeah. power to defend yourself. Yeah, nothing you can do. All right, so yep. it's, it's inherently scary. And the last one, interestingly enough, we'll post some footage of me driving by the filming location. So February 2020, mm. uh, they were just starting to film a movie in Sudbury, Massachusetts at the Martha Mary Chapel. Martha Mary Chapel. We're all trying to figure out what movie this is. Mm-hmm. COVID's in the making. Right, it's all yeah. going down. It's already it's already ravaging through the Wuhan province of China. We, Absolutely. we are not realizing how severe it's going to be. We've got a couple thousand cases in the U.S. at this point. Um, and, uh, and by the wayside in, all of a sudden, I see this really crazy tree mm-hmm. in the middle of a field. Big field, crazy tree, dead tree that looks very scary. And I was like, I've never seen that tree yeah. before. And you've been by that place probably a hundred times. You're like, I never years, seen Almost this. 30 years been driving that place. I'm like, yeah. I've never seen this tree. It's so weird. Crazy. And then I started, started to see a film crew there. And I was like, oh, they're filming a movie. I'm like, that's a cool thing. Then then you find out the movie is called The Unholy that they're filming. The Unholy. The Unholy. And then right after they started filming a, first couple, a couple of scenes, shut down completely because of COVID. Started ah. refilming it later that year and the movie the premise is interesting it's that uh it's all martha mary chapel all fucking sudbury shit in massachusetts and the whole film is that everybody for the course of like history has been praying to mary yeah mary is actually the devil oh so everybody what a twist for for two thousand years everybody's been praying to the wrong spiritual being i bet she's not even a virgin yeah it's like it's really (laughs) it's a really thing i haven't seen it but um I've got, I've got. Uh, That's an interesting idea. Yeah. I yeah. like that idea. Yeah, yeah, it's worth seeing. Well, I'll watch it just, just, in, just to see the tree and all that cool stuff, if nothing else, and yeah, maybe it'll even be what good. You're doing later, maybe we could pop it on, <laughs> pop the it on, old tube. see what's up. Watch the little noise. Getting the, getting the, getting the mood. Getting the Halloween spirit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right on. Uh, yeah. So with that idea, any, any other notes on possession before we go into final thoughts? No, and, nothing you know, besides it needs. To, this is a topic needs to be respected. We know that. Um, and uh, it's unexplained. I mean, there's there there are some co- we didn't explain like what might be the result. Why these young ladies? Yeah, why don't, why don't we give some possible explanations? There's some good before ex- we go into final thoughts. The final thought. There's some good explanations besides you know just being taken over by the devil, yeah. um, which obviously is a possibility. Um, understand like the spirit world and demons if you uh, if you believe and understand things like that it's always a definite possibility especially when you see all these weird results that you would not see in normal um in normal everyday life that would be diagnoses i mean one of the reoccurring things in all these stories is that these people are going to the doctors multiple times over mm-hmm. and over and over again mm-hmm. they're never diagnosed which a lot of times you'd think they can figure it out pretty easily but it's just, just all this weird circumstances yeah. unexplained but at the same time there's a lot of odd things that can go on with people's minds and and cause them to act and believe 
things that um, aren't actually happening. And their families can believe that as well. Yeah, and they obviously they, they, they feel things. They act out things. They do things. They're um, not making the shit up. They're not they making really the shit are up. seeing and feeling things. Physiological responses to something, and a lot of it, as you've seen, they tend to fall down the same path of malnourishment, stop eating, mm-hmm. um, overly obsessing over things, self-harm. seeing things, self-harm, can't sleep, yep. substance abuse, traumatic experiences. All sure. these things add to... Um, a lot of times, again, malnourishment is a big thing. So, like, yeah. one guy thinks that, um, you know, deficiencies in thiamine, tryptophan, um, tryptophan, niacin, calcium, and vitamin D as a whole of just, like, if you just eat white bread for your whole life, like, and don't, and like, once a week, like, you can mm-hmm. get some serious uh, issues from just not being healthy yeah, malnourished. yeah being sick I mean, all the time especially if you had a turkey these... sandwich and a glass of milk you'd be able to get the tryptophan and get the that vitamin d and the calcium you need there but that you know. does also yeah that actually does bring it all up yeah but um yeah that's yeah and point. um and women seem to be more often than men possessed and they have their own that's right they're more susceptible to that particular phenomenon than yeah men. of course like we said there's some cases of people getting possessed that are male but even those cases seem to be uh young children not yeah. adult men yeah yeah exactly so um yeah and these can be it's, it, for women um all this gets exacerbated by pregnancy and lactation and hormonal imbalances from yeah your that, mind is getting in a place that it's not used to and a lot of yeah, changes are happening in your body yeah a lot of stuff i mean what's more of a possession than literally having being host to a, a life form that is not yourself that has needs and demands of you yeah. and it changes the way you act and perceive yourself in the world and it's launching you into a major life change and you're going to become emotional and scared and I mean, you stop eating after that yeah i mean there's, there's the real possession that happens all the time where you actually it's a beautiful thing where you're having a baby where this thing is inside of you and it yeah. demands things of you and it changes your entire life and it can even kill you yeah yeah and if you and if it's traumatic the whole time i mean you can just see how this can sure. snowball yes into uh some really bad moments and years and times and days and Absolutely. And uh, the mind is a very powerful thing, even more powerful than we understand. For example, the placebo effect is so powerful that even modern drug companies struggle to fight against it in their trials. If they can't prove that their drug is more powerful than a placebo, then they can't bring it to market. And they still struggle sometimes because when people are suggested that these things are going to work for them, the mind is so powerful that sometimes it can help you to the degree that it's hard to disprove whether someone feels better or worse sure. based on that. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times people think that the exorcisms, whether or not there's things like malnourishment, hormone imbalances, or just mental health problems to the point of psychosis, psychotic breaks, and uh, schizophrenia, you these exorcisms, if you truly believe and you are uh, mentally unstable to the fact that you think there's a demon inside you and you believe that someone can put holy water on you and pray for you and you're gonna be okay, your mind is so powerful, you can actually become better after yeah, you're done. Totally. Even though this this might have not worked in the spiritual way you wanted it to, you can actually become better. And this could be one example of how exorcisms, even though they are dangerous to a lot of people because they're strenuous and they're not, usually there's not an EMT on the site. It'd be nicer if we had someone, medical professional there maybe. But they do actually help people. And that could, a possible explanation could be that this placebo effect is happening where you do think there's demons, you are hallucinating, you're delusional, you have religious delusions, 
But if a religious delusion can help you solve that, you can actually be better off afterwards. So yeah. it's kind of like you're, you're better off for it, even though it's not real. It's crazy. And, and especially influence of others. Like your grandmother tells you, oh, you be careful of these things. And you're like, oh, shit. And your parents you really believe are that? currently yeah. pumping this idea into you all the time. Yeah, and you believe that? This is how it is. Like, by it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then like my last thing to say is that like I think I'm talking about the power of the subconscious mind before, but like sure. I'm a vivid dreamer. I remember my dreams. I interact with my dreams on a d- daily basis. Yeah. And the amount of times where I'm in my dream and I'm reading something on paper in old English that I can that I'm in my dream going, I know I'm dreaming. I'm like, how does my brain produce this document? in old English that reads perfectly. It's Crazy. so strange. I'm like, somehow my brain knows this. Yeah. And it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. It's not like it's like gibberish. I mean, I'm reading it. I gotta wake up and write down sometime. Cause I'm like, I wake up, I'm like, wow, that was amazing. I can't, and it's like, it and made you sense. Forget it's it's about a topic right that is nothing I'm interested in. Yeah. A lot of times it's actually the most boring thing ever. It's like what you read in like the back of a newspaper in 1600. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, it's, it's in there. Right. It's all there. So there's a lot of things, so that could be a possible cause. There's, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot to this. Yeah, there's a lot to yeah. it. It is. It is but I'm just, yeah, shit. personally, yeah. The the being scared of this these days as a kid, I was, but now I'm like, and I feel pretty bulletproof. Yeah, I no longer fear I'm going to be possessed by demons. I yeah. I feel like there's a lot of other things to be scared of other than that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's an interesting concept. And as we teased about earlier, I'm sure that if these cases do happen sparingly, they're probably unrecorded, but mostly every single case overwhelmingly to anyone who's claimed possession and certainly every exorcism has been taken place by someone who's been possessed that is highly religious they're surrounded by religion they are indoctrinated into the idea of demons and spirits and so no one's ever said I uh, I grew up in you know an, an igloo and I don't even believe in spirits and I on the planet Mars I don't even know what spirits are but for some reason my name's Lucifer and I think that Mother Mary should rot in hell and no one's ever said that because yeah. you have to be surrounded by these ideas in order to you know spew them out and understand them whether or not the demons are truly inside you there's always the case you could say well. They're more susceptible because the demons want to take people who have pure hearts that are people of God. It's like a bigger prize mm, yeah, to yeah. take someone who is truly a believer. Like to make a priest fall is more valuable than taking an atheist and making them, you know, they're already, you know, sinners anyway. Who gives a shit? Yeah. There's a case to be made for that. But in my opinion, it's more likely that you would never think you're possessed of a demon if you didn't already believe in demons so deeply that if you did feel weird, you think it's a demon inside you. Right. Um, it's a great point. So I think we should, in that, we should just get the final thoughts of that. Right, final thoughts are wrapped up pretty much what you just said. Is that... What do you think? Yeah, what I think... I think there's, there's definitely some truth to this that I don't understand. I can't explain. Scares me a little bit. Um... But for the most part, there's, there is a pattern. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a pattern here. Um, when there is a credible body, and some people can argue that, but a lot of research, a lot goes into this, that do take this seriously. I respect that. I'm not fucking with that. That's all I got to say. You know, and I'm not going to dive into this or like make fun of it or whatever it is. This is, we're just trying to report on the facts here. This stuff happened. 
this is how it happened. This could be why it happened, but I'm gonna leave it the way. I'm gonna leave it alone. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I leave it up a little bit because of these strange circumstances. Things like being able to guess things about people's lives that you never met before, speaking in languages that Crazy. you never said. Yeah. Um, these kind of superhuman things that you wouldn't expect out of like a 90 pound girl to be able to throw human mm. men around. But at the same time, I feel like a broken record here as I always do. People can do amazing things with their mind and with their bodies that you don't understand it. People can be 80 pound meth smokers and it takes nine cops to take them down. I mean, methamphetamines yeah. don't add muscle mass to your body. It changes your mind in a way that your body reacts in a way that's unnatural. Fight or flight adrenaline. Yeah, fight or flight adrenaline, things like that. I mean, methamphetamines, for example, they like I said, they don't make you stronger. They make you ignore pain, and it pushes your body to limits that yeah. it never would naturally because it's dangerous and detrimental by yeah. the way you're born. So for the most part, I think that all these circumstances, notwithstanding the strange products, we always leave a little, I know that you more than I leave a little room for unexplained. I think there's rarely any room for it, but for the most part, yeah, there's people who have uh, trauma, severe mental illness, and they're surrounded by this idea. So people can have this exact same problem as people who are quote unquote possessed, but they are taken to psychiatric hospitals for schizophrenia and psychosis. And they say, well, I see this, I see that. That's why there's so many people who believe they're Jesus or Napoleon, or they believe that there's demons in their blood because they know who Jesus is. They know who Napoleon is and they believe in demons. No one, point. Jesus no one ever comes up. Was. He didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he knew who he was. But yeah, yeah it's, it's more of the fact that these people are exuding these symptoms because of their mental state. And a lot of these things are complicated. We don't understand the human brain. And even though we can't diagnose every person on a case-by-case -case basis, like Annalise Michelle went to multiple doctors that couldn't diagnose her. But it's not always so black and white. But just because it's not so black and white, like I said, just because... You see a light in the sky. It doesn't mean if it's not a plane, it's, a, it's an alien ship. It could be a ma many other things. And I think that for the most part, the human brain's an amazing thing. It can make amazing things happen. And I believe that all these people are seeing demons, are feeling the possession, and probably don't have control of their own body in a lot of cases. But I don't believe it's because Lucifer has grasped them from the, the depths of hell. I believe it's because their mind is such a powerful tool. It can make them believe that. And human mind is a gift and a curse. We're so intelligent, we can imagine and understand these things and we can create anything. But that power can be twisted into making us see, believe, and understand things that aren't happening to us. And it's just, it's the most amazing thing in the world, the human brain, but it, it can turn on itself. Yeah, I agree with that. So, totally. No, 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 Joe. Yeah. Is that the DJ BP, Dylan Joe? Basement Podcast, episode 39. God bless. And God bless. we will see you guys next week, hopefully for a real fucking ass beater. Oh, it's going to be, <laughs> be a big time ass beater. It's another episode 40, which means we got another countdown for you guys. We yep. might have a special guest on like we have for a lot of countdowns. We'll yeah, see. It's possible. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. You better fucking hear this, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're counting on you. Happy Halloween, folks. Thanks for tuning in for our first Halloween episode. We have three more for three you more before coming. All Souls Day, All Hallows Eve. And we can't wait to spook you a couple more times till you get spooked into the next dimension. And until uh, then, stay safe. Keep your rosary close. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week.
course. Something's yeah, come over him. And he women was, with no shirts on. And he Roland. <laughs> Their shirts aren't even on in the pictures. <laughs> What's happened? What has happened to him? They're topless. My baby. My baby Roly. <laughs> My little Roly Polioli. <laughs> As they always said. They always say. Roly Polioli's looking at. I'm going to bring his uncle in here and because we know he knows what's going on with yeah. us and see how we can help him because well, he needs well, to be safe. <laughs> we'll have Uncle uh, Uncle Ronnie show you how, how it works there, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Such like scratching noises coming from his mattress. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Objects <laughs> moving around the furniture moving on their own. The bed keeps uh, creaking on its own over and over, <laughs> over again. Over and over again. There's only the holes showing up in it. What the hell? Um... Socks are disappearing left and right. <laughs> Socks are disappearing left and right. One occasion she stayed under her dinner table for two days barking like a dog, and Peter still stayed with her trying to keep her okay. I mean, come on, at that point you gotta be crazy. She has to be doing something with me, likes. <laughs> Shows you things that you cannot learn. In your through ayahuasca form. or through something else. Yeah, we gotta do drugs. <laughs> but yeah, after that, <laughs> you don't eat it all and you wander off in the forest and then no. the spirits come into but you. But we're not making fun of that. We do. We are. No, it's cool. We are very pro ayahuasca oh, yeah. podcast. Um, we believe in that. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever gets you there. And that's for everything. <laughs> However you can get it's a really good Don't you a podcast, whatever gets you there. Uh, Adolf Hitler is one of them. Interesting guy to have in there. Huh. Yeah. yeah, that does make the story a you little don't strange. Want, you don't want him. <laughs> they didn't put that in the movie. <laughs> because it's kind of fucking weird. Just things that uh, he's known since knowing Louisa, he told uh, our people here, really disturb your reality. So... Um, yeah, just more more witness accounts from her friend Girk. <laughs> oh, sorry, Wiona Wiona Girk. Um, just said the same. Why no Why no? I bet Wyona? I bet her name's uh Winona. Winona, yeah, Winona, Winona Girk. Girk. It's like the German pronunciation. Girk. Girk. Yep. Um, Poor shit. Yeah, and. uh... She just saw things like her facial expression, it didn't seem like her, creeped her out so bad, feeling for her own safety. Girk was, uh, Girk wrestled her to the ground and eventually managed to calm her down. Um, and, uh, and then she slept on the couch. But we don't, at this point, <laughs> that's the end that's of the story. That's the end of the story, yeah. That's the end the couch. Her yeah. friend got a wrestling match. They weren't going to sleep together that night. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she slept on the couch and she gave she was in the dog Leona house. her bed. I mean, she gave Elisa uh, her bed. That's it. Uh, and then slowly, like a viper swing to the sounds of a snake's charmer, mm. Pungi. What? That's what it says. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, that's not what she said. She, <laughs> <laughs> she, she moves her, her head side to side after she speaks like a snake charmer's, I guess, um, like, the, the way he's doing the flute doing, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm guessing it's this kind yeah. of deal. Like, da na 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 Yep. And then, okay, then after she stops doing the pungi, she says, well, her demon says, God can't save her. Do you understand that? She's mine. Pater noster qui es exilis, sanctificuter nomen sanctare adveniat regum tunais, fiat voluntas tua, sancut in calio et in seriis dibet sanem nostrum, duc obsidiadem nobis sanctibet si et dinitinio deis debita nostrum, renaidi secut et nos omnimenas debitio et nostrum, et duc menos aut nostrum.